0: Welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. The master is here and you still have not taken off your shoes. Every day to define man's mission. Yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission. Yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen. Yeah. Eyes on the prize. This is blind damage. Thank you. Welcome to another edition of the Dodo Talk Podcast. I am your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode number 153. As always, you can give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, apparently, uh, Google Play, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Hopefully, we're there. We we should be. If not, let me know. I'll 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 get us there. Um, if you want to send questions to Dojo at yahoo.com, hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Instagram page. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei. And as always, of course, I'm joined with my co-host, Anti-Cool, what's going on, man?
1: It's 5 degrees outside and I fucking hate it.
0: Yeah, fall is, uh, fall came really, like, abruptly. Like, just a couple of days ago, I think it was like 90, and then yesterday it was, like, in the morning, yeah, it was like 47 degrees.
1: (laughs) But, it's gonna be 77 today and tomorrow, and then it's gonna go down to 60 for the rest of the week, so...
0: Oh, i was supposed to get rain for the next three days. Yeah. I
1: have to run-in on Friday. Oh man. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Yeah. But,
0: but, but
1: bef- before before we we move on, I have two stories, and I, since I want you to pick one that I can tell to the, our uh, that can share with you, and uh, which one sounds more interesting. Right,
0: give, me be- the, give me some uh, some cliffhangers
1: okay so I think you've i think you've definitely heard of one um but we can talk a little bit about uh Xu Shadang, uh the uh the mixed martial artist who is going around China beating up Tai Chi and kung fu masters because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> vice did a nice little article about him earlier this week and um i i like that that's a very interesting discussion fraught with understanding Chinese political the Chinese political climate um and of course um I would never ever recommend anybody who listens to this podcast listen to another podcast because why bother this is your one-stop shop for literally everything but I do listen to another podcast called Behind the Bastards that chronicles like the worst people in human history (laughs) and shares their stories with us um and i heard one that was so amazing um about a con man that i i I just i have to share with literally everyone i know
0: is he from is the con man from our realm of the world yes Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for a good con man I think the, the con man's going to win this one.
1: Okay. We'll, we'll save Xu Xiaodong for the next time the UFC goes to China or something. Um, so, have you ever heard the name Napoleon Hill? Yes. He is the author of several... Well, he is considered the godfather of um, self-help books uh such as and this is probably the one you know him from think and grow rich
0: yes i've definitely heard of it
1: it is a book that is still in publication to this day it's sold something like 10 to 20 million copies around the world if you know somebody who is like into self help and business and like you know getting their lives together and they they read a bunch of self help books this is probably on one of their shelves um but turns out Napoleon Hill one gigantic con man mm. like it, it's I, i'm i'm actually struggling to like where where to start the story but i'm going to start with where he got his first job i guess um he was working for a coal mining firm right um and the owner a rich man um uh, was also the owner of a bank and I believe... Hill wanted to switch over. Um... So one day... A coal miner... Kills a black bellhop... In the in the mine... And Napoleon Hill... Who was like 17 years old... At the t- at this time... Proceeds to cover up the murder. Mm. And it ends up with him getting promoted by his, bo- his boss... Because, you know... It, he saved him the trouble of having to do it, I guess. Um... But this is where the the true uh, the, the the true con man starts in Napoleon Hill because when Napoleon Hill does he takes his the money he makes from this and he goes to start committing just blatant fraud like mail fraud um, he opens a lumber company and. Inst- and the point of a lumber company is you buy land you you, you um you know, you cut down the trees and then you sell the lumber. Hill wasn't doing that; he just bought lumber from other lumber companies and proceeded this travel around like door to door vacuum salesman style selling
0: the lumber <laughs> to whoever needed it. Some people move work some people move lumber, Jesus. Um.
1: Eventually they catch on This is not legal by the way This is what he took the money out for And uh, he eventually moves on to Near your area actually He moves to Washington D.C. Hmm. And th- this is where the crazy shit starts happening So he opens up the Automobile College of Washington Where he teaches uh, his, the students basically How to build, show, for, and sh- uh, sell cars So, it's it's like a six week program or whatever. They cut uh, the students come in, they learn how to build cars, and they're they're ready to go work in a factory. Though so I'm pretty sure, if you were to apply for a job in a factory, you'd they, they'd show you how you know, your little section of like where to actually build cars. Right. Um, but so Sensei, like these people are paying you to learn the skill, right? Hmm. Uh, And at the end of their six weeks, they have cars that they've built, right? You would hope. (laughs) So, what do you do with the cars that your students have been building?
0: Uh, he he sold
1: them. (laughs) He sold them. (laughs) To the Carter Motor Corporation. Oh, man. Mind you, um... Uh, the Carter Motor Corporation went bankrupt, like, three years into, like, this whole charade. Probably because their cars were being built by people who had no idea what they were doing. Oh, man. Uh, like, but that was probably the most legitimate of all his scams. Where at least, the like, people were paying him money and they got a skill out of it. Like from there, it's all downhill, Sensei. Like I'm talking about, he's you know he ended up opening another school, um, uh, and this one was a success school, like where they teach you the you know the philosophy about being a uh, a successful businessman and everything like that. Turns out it was a letter mill. Um, he had his students write letters to local newspapers. Basically talking about how Napoleon Hill should run for like office what? <laughs> to make it seem like he has some sort of grassroots movement behind him.
0: So this is, he, so not only was this a scam, this was a cult.
1: Yeah, well, it's a cult that no like people caught on to pretty quickly. And um, I, I didn't mention that time frame for this. This is like 1910s, like right around the time of World War One. Night, during the time of World War One, mind you, we're not at war yet. We didn't jump into the war until like 1917. But um, you know, they're still like we're st- the country's still weary of spies and everything like that. And it just so happens that one of the students who caught on to the fact that Napoleon Hill was, you know, a fraud and basically having his students pay to run a political campaign for him um, was a German American student. So what do you? So when the German American suitor brings to the attention of everybody else that Napoleon Hill is a fraud, what do you think Napoleon Hill does?
0: Definitely kick him out.
1: Well, you see, if he had just kicked him out,
0: I oh, don't tell me he yeah, killed him.
1: No, no, no. Okay. It, um, so in in true just dick move maneuver. Napoleon Hill ha- uh, alerts the authorities to the, um, this poor German-American kid's uh, political activities. Uh. Which, which I'm naive. There's no evidence of him actually being like a spy. But the poor kid gets arrested and jailed for the duration of World War One.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: putting, like a prison camp.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't mention it, but during this time, Napoleon Hill is like marrying into rich families, like mind, like he's he marries into the family, basically hits the road for like a, like months at a time without actually ever coming home, and eventually they catch on, but like he he's basically ciphering money out of these families. He's also a terrible father, which I, I feel like goes without saying, but. Um, <laughs> one of his kids is born deaf um and Napoleon Hill b- being uh, the, the confident man he is basically refuses to accept that his child was born deaf and refuses to let him learn American Sign Language instead he speaks uh, like he tries to teach him to speak by speaking directly into his neck what? yeah so like Like right below the ear, into his neck, where in theory, like I guess he thinks the vibrations from like his vocal cords will reach beneath his ear, because I think he said he I think his belief was that his child was born with like a born a bone deformity that blocked off his eardrum. So if he spoke directly into like beneath the ear, like where the eardrum is, it would reach. And he'd be able to learn English that way?
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, this, this man was a piece of shit. <laughs> like, how do you just speak into your son's son should have punched him in the throat. Mm,
1: uh, he By the end of Napoleon Hill's life, he was the only son who actually spoke with Napoleon Hill.
0: Jesus.
1: But, uh, just, it, it, like, there are a million others, like crazy get rich quick schemes that he did like he tried to sue um uh he tried to sue the train company because he claimed the lights from their train were making him blind and he had to acquire glasses uh one of his he one of the schools he opened in uh i want to say it was illinois um uh he 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 opened the school there and was trying to get investment into the school by claiming it was worth over a hundred thousand dollars well, the combined assets of the school were worth, like, $1,200, which is highly illegal. But, in the effort of uh, saving time, I'll, I'll tell you the story behind his first book, uh, The Law of Success, which was also a bestseller.
0: Um, oh, yeah, I mean, well, I can't say his scams were successful, but... I
1: mean, they worked!
0: <laughs> that's That's how he told people self-help. Like, listen, man, like... I've been scamming my way to stay afloat for the last how many other years he's been alive, so.
1: So, um, the law of success. So, the th- so. you know who Andrew Carnegie is, right? Yeah. Carnegie, I'm sorry, Carnegie. Um, so what if I told you in 1908, Napoleon Hill met Andrew Carnegie. Andrew Carnegie informed him that all great men have... Uh, all great successful businessmen have like similar qualities and then tasked, um Napoleon Hill with a 20-year project where he goes around and talks to all the successful men in America to gather their secrets and write a book so that the the secrets to success are um, accessible to everyone but uh, would you believe that story?
0: I would believe that Napoleon Hill didn't do that for twenty years. He probably talked to like three people
1: he 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 talked to no one
0: I <laughs> say he talked to himself. He looked back at his at his notes from all the scams he's pulled.
1: Well, that story isn't true, but that's the story that um Napoleon Hill told to a publisher he met at a bar in Philadelphia, Lord while he was hiding from his wife and banging prostitutes with her family's money, yeah, yeah. Um it's it's really funny how that works out because it turned out the year he wrote uh, the, it was in 1928 20 years after the supposed meeting with uh Andrew Carnegie. Um but the publisher wasn't like a complete idiot. He he was he was enthralled with Hill's story, but he took one look at Hill and was like, "Why if you're so successful, why are you drinking in this shitty ass bar with me?" So, you know what Hill does? He's married at the time to uh, a woman whose family comes from money. So he takes out a loan from his, like, brother-in-law and proceeds to stay at, like, the nicest hotel in Philadelphia. Throws his money at, like, all the bellhops and stuff, so they start treating him like royalty. And basically tricks this publisher into thinking that he's an actual big shot. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it works, and he ends up selling it, and his book goes on to be his bestseller. Um, he actually moves in with his family for a couple months before going out and like doing his thing again of just banging prostitutes as he moves from town to town, giving speeches and doing his book tour.
0: This is what I've been doing wrong the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. dude, you gotta fake it till you make it. I gotta, I gotta get the scam going, dude. All right, man, but um.
1: Yeah, I didn't even get to my favorite one where he was going, like, so he, for, um, before this, he was a, um, he was basically your average town, like, I moved from town to town scammer who would go from town to town collecting money for, um, a program that was supposed to reintroduce, um, like, prisoners into society once they'd done their time. It was a, like, it was, you know, give them like marketable job skills and stuff like that it, it, there was no such project napoleon hill was just pocketing the money and then just bouncing out of town when things got too hot <laughs>
0: hey i mean yeah you can't scam you know yeah you can you gotta you gotta take the scam worldwide
1: there, he, he, this man like i i haven't gotten to everything he did but like good god this man was um this man was a bullshitter of the highest quality and people still follow his fucking advice to this day
0: his his self-help he's a top 10 all time and self-help booksellers. so ladies and gentlemen i think the moral of the story is um you shouldn't have any morals yeah if you ain't scamming you ain't trying (laughs) i guess i gotta learn this so uh uh the DTP scam coming soon.
1: He also um, claimed to have been um an advisor to both Woodrow Wilson and uh I guess FDR during World War One and Two.
0: Uh, if somebody believed that, then they they probably deserved that. Like <laughs> some random guy just tells you I was an advisor. That gave me some ideas though. You know what? I'm just gonna um I'm gonna tell people on the street. I'm going to go to like a local MMA event and I'm just going to tell everybody like I'm just pull certain people aside and be like, "Listen man, I got this I got this show, man. We interview UFC fighters like every week. We get exclusive, you know, information. And then man, you have to like act out episodes. Like it's just that's what that's what we're going to do." <laughs> which game. That's that's the rebrand. That's the rebrand. That's the
1: 2.0. And just like, "Last week uh last week on the show, you guys heard us talk to Israel Adesanya uh" <laughs>
0: Neither one of us can do the impression No. Uh, uh, next next week we got Jacare. he's coming he'll he'll be here yeah brush up on my Portuguese oh boy scamming man
1: Yeah. It, it is a it, it is wild like I, think, I, I i have I mentioned on the show that I wish we could go back to a time where like there was no social media or internet because like you could fail at one scam and then like move like two towns over. And become, like, a doctor?
2: <laughs>
1: like, who, who was going to check you?
0: you know? Well, I was going to say, that one kid still got away with it. Oh, yeah, that... yeah. Yeah, yeah. Man, he had a whole practice going. That kid's a legend. That kid is a legend. I don't remember his name, but that kid is a legend. So, yeah, guys, uh, get your scam game up. If you're not scamming, you're not trying. Yeah, if you don't got that scamming bestseller, then, like, what do you really... I
1: mean, all, be, all, be, uh, all self-help books are fucking just believe in yourself or, like, basically ways to learn to manipulate people.
0: Right, just got to breathe. Hey, man, if you see it, you can achieve it. If you can scam it, it can be done. Well, there you go, guys. That's your uh, history lesson on scamming. Uh,
1: I I do suggest everybody go listen to the Behind the Bachelors podcast because um robert evans who hosts the show is a joy he's a conflict journalist um who has experience in like iraq and the ukraine um and like central america and you know, he's a great journalist and um he, he gets really in depth in the show it's really good
0: and he is not a scammer
1: and as far as i know he is not a scammer he is 100% legit
0: Oh, that would suck if you got to like episode 100 he'd be like guys guys <laughs> all of these stories.
1: <laughs> I made up all these people into Wikipedia pages. Joseph Stalin, not
0: real. Oh man. That would be the greatest troll job ever. I'd be all for it. I'd be all for it. <laughs> there you go. That's your scam history lesson of the week. Um and it's a
1: good thing we didn't have news this week because or not a lot of news anyway, because that took up forever.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that was that was that was your news. <laughs> that was your news.
1: Go, go learn how to um, be successful through thinking about it. Oh, I forgot to mention, like he's the you know like the wealth gospel, like the Joel Olsteins of the world. Yeah, yeah, he's the reason for those. Oh boy, his books are the influence for the whole wealth gospel movement that took over in like the 1950s. So,
0: hey man, he scammed and still left his mark exactly and he died a penny
1: he died penniless because his last wife was a better grifter than he was <laughs> like he he was like after after one of his divorces he was he was doing like the college book tour thing and like he was like i'm looking for my dream girl and some woman um i, I don't remember her name she was she's the co-author of uh uh think and grow rich um was like I'll marry you, and they got married like three days later. And then like after the book sales like stopped coming in and like it seemed pretty clear that like um you know that they were gonna like like that Hill's goodwill had been run dry. Um, she bounced with like half their shit. Mm. Not even like it was more than half their shit. She bounced with like most of their shit and just went on to have a successful like self help career by herself. He was like I don't need you anymore. Bye. Which I can't be mad at.
0: Hey, and neither nah, can Hill,
1: because he—he he definitely had to be like, "Damn, that was a good one."
0: Should've knew the game. Got it. Can't you can't scan for that long and not know the game. Uh, yeah. Yep, yep. It'd be like that sometimes. Well, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to segue. <laughs> Shout out to the listeners. There's no segue.
1: Speaking of people who can't seem to keep out of trouble.
0: There you go. Yeah, you guys, you listeners, you guys can't keep out of trouble. You were doing something nefarious before you started uh, listening to this.
1: I mean, they're probably doing something nefarious while they're listening to this. Like, somebody's just, like, committing a murder, and like, they, but they want these, like, UFC 243 hot takes. <laughs> we'll get there. Like, there's, like they're doing a drive-by, and it's just, like, you can hear our voices.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> gunshot, gunshot. Yeah, follow the Dojo Talk podcast on Twitter. <laughs> oh man! But shout out to the listeners. um Number one cities so or top cities for the week: number one, Southampton, New York. Number two, Vista, California. Number three, Garfield, New Jersey. Number Whoa. Four, Whoa! 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 Where we? Really? Yeah. Are you spreading the goodwill? Spreading the good word. Mm. Somebody up there. Somebody's up there listening. It scares me. <laughs> number four, Los Angeles, California. And number five, Amon Jordan. I'm saying that correct. Amon I, Jordan.
1: I just realized that's probably just fucking me. <laughs>
0: hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. But uh, shout out to listeners. Keep uh sharing, retweet, repost, tag people. Give it to the mailman male woman whoever keep just tell them to listen we appreciate it. scam them into listening that is the going to be the running theme of this episode you will scam them and in, uh into listening
1: and guys remember we have an interview with a new UFC middleweight champion Israel Assange, at the end of the episode so please listen all the way through
0: there you go there you go <laughs> 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 so with that being said um So I'm going to give this quick, uh, not a disclaimer, um, I don't know, quick like tidbit before we go into today's episode. So I've been, I'm, I'm using this as an excuse because I I couldn't, it's not that I couldn't take notes. I got angry at my laptop this morning and my sticky note app wasn't working, so I just didn't take notes at all. But I'm going to somehow transition and finagle this into making it make sense, um, I've been thinking of ways to kind of tinker with the uh, format of the show um, to maybe cut down on time, make episodes a little quicker and easier to listen to. So I was thinking of maybe, if, if you hear shows after this one maybe not in the same format, just trying to figure stuff out, but I might axe the whole fight announcement segment and just kind of try to get to the, the meat and potatoes early um maybe unless it's like a huge fight announcement but you know, that that section might might get axed. You know? I'm just trying to figure stuff out. Trying trying to figure ways to make it episodes easier to listen to just, you know, after 2 years I'm just trying to figure ways to kind of just mix things up a little bit. Keep keep it interesting. Um so, I have no fight announcements uh really to discuss uh but we will still discuss news, which it hasn't been heavy on the news, but um Guess the main two uh news stories uh we'll, we'll we'll briefly talk about Mr. McGregor because it was a thing that happened. Though it's not really it's not really a lot to talk about. Um we talked about it when it broke. Uh what was this back in April? Uh McGregor got angry at an old man, I guess who didn't want to drink his whiskey, punched the old man. Uh blah blah. blah. You saw the video. Oh, you probably saw the video. I'm pretty sure you did. But, anywho, um, as of that incident, um, he was brought up on charges of assault, and his, if he faces the max, uh, max charge of the assault, he can get a maximum prison term of six months, if, yeah, if convicted, and a fine, I love how this fine amount is really specific, a fine amount of (laughs) $1,646, or he could get both, um, not really much else to go into I mean like if you saw the video you saw the video he he punched the old man old man took it on the chin I was kind of impressed that the old man didn't get knocked out Um, and so he's brought up on assault charges that's kind of it we'll see how sentencing goes not really much else to really uh, dive into Uh, unless you have any thoughts on that uh, I can let you tell the John Jones um, (laughs) <laughs> well, like,
1: so, I, I, am I'm, I'm good on the McGregor tip because what really is there to say? Oh my God!
0: Oh. All right, I, so we have doorbells ringing.
1: All right. Since I mark the time, and I'll be right back.
0: All right. So while um, while the anti cool is gone, let me um, I will try to find this uh, this little beef that John Jones and one of his uh, former trainers, if, if I can find, if I can find, boom, all right. So, I'm uh trying to get this page to load. We don't normally, you know. There we go. So there's a gentleman named Frank Lester. Uh, Frank Lester is a I want to say I guess a former uh coach of John Jones. So <laughs> This story is funny. Jo- Jones threatening to bring in the police is kind of hilarious. Um I clicked on the first link that I saw. Uh so I'm getting this from a website called Grappling Insider. Uh but it says Frank Lester, a former coach of Jones. Uh, made a post on Instagram alleging that MMA fighter and UFC champion owes him over $13,000. Um, I'm not gonna read this Instagram post because it's, it's actually pretty uh pretty lengthy, but if you want to read it, you can. I'm pretty sure you can find it. But uh, in the post, uh, he stated, "John Jones and Mike Winklejohn just did me dirtier than I've ever seen in this fight game." Uh, he went on to warn Jones to keep security close because I guess if he uh John Jones in the streets then you know it's gonna be an issue uh, so Lester left Jackson MMA he is going to gonna to go on to open up his own training facility uh, so he listed all these allegations against John and um, you know just it, it was a pretty nasty you know pre- pretty nasty assault on John but you know Jones he's, he's definitely clapping back so he came back on Instagram with his own allegations uh, which I guess have been deleted, but the internet makes things live on forever. Uh, he said, "I won't even get into the fact that you were fired from the team on fight week due to drug issues." He went on to say, "Tomorrow I will be calling the APD and intent to involve the Albuquerque Police Department." Um, like I said, John Jones's Instagram post has been deleted, but it, the internet makes things live on forever. You can go find it. Um, I was con- oh,
1: yeah. I'm sorry. I'm back. Um... I, I won't even get into you got fired a week the week uh fight week because of your drug use problems is probably the most um John Jones like dig I've ever seen. Where he's like, I won't even mention that you got fired for the from the team for using drugs. Like, we don't have to put that on the public, but he he does it anyway. It's just like okay, but um, so the, the 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 dramatic parts of it don't really interest me that much. Like you know, Lester is like a notorious dickhead. Um, but the thing that does interest me is John Jones is like one of the most successful fighters in your recent UFC history in terms of like finances, like. McGregor and Rousey are prob- and Brock are probably the only fighters who got paid better than he has, theoretically. And there's, like, a multi-million dollar business. Why are you doing, like, handshake deals over how much you're getting paid?
0: You feel me? I'm surprised it was just $13,000. Like... <laughs> I thought that would be a little. I don't know. I feel like I figure if I am working with John Jones, the bag would be a little more. twenty? then 20? Maybe, well, maybe well, because
1: thirteen like. Well, he he got paid seven thousand.
0: Oh, okay. okay. So
1: the difference was like, oh, I was supposed to get paid twenty.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. All right. That but makes, like that makes a little more sense.
1: But like my thing is, why the hell are you like? This is one of the like the, the, one. I wouldn't trust John Jones with anything. <laughs> like, like, John Jones is not like the type of person who has friends. John Jones has people who he hangs out with, who he finds entertaining. So, like, why would I even like a ima- like imagine that like he would be like? Well, he would deal with me in good faith, and that's not—that's not to say he hasn't. Like, I'm not picking a side here. Like, I'm just saying, like, John Jones is a pathological liar.
0: So I'm, I'm assuming. Well, I don't—I don't know how it is for if it's different for like other fighters or how they set everything up. So I'm assuming like they didn't sign like any like contracts. No. Like, yeah. See, yeah, that's wild. Like, there needs to be in paper like. I'm I'm helping you, yeah, for X amount of time, I'm getting paid X amount. Exactly.
1: Like, and I get that the the MMA like gym system still works on like honor and trust and family and team building and whatever and all that other bullshit, but it's a business.
0: Yeah, pay me my money, bro. (laughs)
1: Like, if you don't have it in writing, it's not real. Yeah. Like And if he did get screwed, like, I'm, like, you know, uh, like, I'm sorry for him, you know, um, but, like, dude, you have had this shit in writing, or else it's not, like, it's not there, it's not real. You can't be going on people's words, especially when that person is John fucking Jones.
0: Yeah. And I'd imagine, you know... If this even goes to court. But I don't know, he's he's talking about like he wants to handle it in the streets. <laughs> right. If this goes to court, I'm gonna bet that John Jones can probably afford the better lawyers than uh than you can. So now you're gonna be out thirteen grand plus your lawyer fees, plus your pride, <laughs> plus whatever you might have lost along the way. Yeah. Not a I don't know. Well, and then he said he's gonna you know, I mentioned he's gonna apparently opened his own gym i don't know how that's gonna work but um like an albuquerque (laughs) right good luck with that yeah good luck competing with uh (laughs) the the coach that everybody in like the world knows and then there's your gym um oh he um,
1: included a whole bunch of text messages and stuff too
0: oh are the text messages proven about the third about the money
1: yeah Mm -hmm. Well, like, they don't make him look good. They
0: don't make who look good. John or him. I imagine neither one of them really look good, but...
1: I mean, from what I can tell, it, it looks like it, it, John is just out of his mind.
0: John. <laughs> John don't care about that, man. <laughs> uh, hold up.
1: Coach Wink. Frank. If you did twenty hours of actual work, I would be surprised. That's $350 per hour and you're complaining. What the fuck?
0: Yeah. <laughs> said- There's a whole
1: like group text thing going on.
0: Oh no. The group text is always messy. Oh man.
1: Like for 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 what is worth, like John Jones comes off like the sensible person here. He's like, okay. Like from the sound of it. Uh, of Lester, one a thousand dollars an hour, like what the hell?
0: Mm-mm. Well, if this does go to court, uh, I'm trying to see the transcript, I'm definitely down to see the transcript because, mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. well. We've learned about scam artists so far, and I think the second lesson of today, uh in the world of business, uh people's words don't really mean a whole lot. Get that uh get that contract, bruh. No uh no contract, no money, no bills get paid. I don't, I don't know. Good luck with that gym though. Yeah. <laughs> good, good luck with that. Um. Mm, mm. John Jones is like the gift that just keeps on giving.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, it's the Albuquerque water, bro. Like it, there's a reason it it was used for uh, much a for Breaking Bad.
0: I want to know what goes through the cop the cop's head who may, like maybe doesn't even know who John Jones is. And he's sitting at the desk, and like this 6'4 black dude is coming up to him. And he probably thinks it's for a completely different reason, but he's like, Yo, I got a snitch on this guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> this guy said he wants to see me in the streets. Can they really do anything for that, though?
1: Well, like, did well, what was the phrasing that he used? Well, they can alert him to the situation and just be like, you know, this is a, a, this is a thing that if I go missing in the middle of the night, you know, this yeah, might be you know. the guy to uh go check.
0: Yeah. God. Ugh. MMA, man. It's uh <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> That's just one of those that headline was just so random when I saw it. Like, I don't even know what to even that just that sentence of John Jones threatening to go to go into the APD is just like I <laughs> Like, you know John Jones, like, physically could probably beat up anybody. But, like, when I saw that headline, I just imagined, like, that kid in the classroom who just snitched on everybody. Like, he just tattletale everywhere. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is John. You know, he's trying to turn a new leaf. He's trying to do the right thing. He's trying to... I, I don't know. I don't know. It's John Jones. <laughs> it's... I don't know what else you want. He's getting people locked up. It is what it is. But uh yeah guys get your uh get your money in writing, definitely do that, but um, I guess that's it for uh news unless you have anything else to add or if we missed anything, don't think so i uh,
1: um no, but um, I'm just gonna throw this out there because I'm probably gonna forget when it comes time for shout outs and um party shots, but yesterday was the third anniversary of the passing of uh Josh cement, Hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. This is a Josh, uh, this is a Josh the Man, uh, trivia episode
0: now. All right, we go. I did not write parting shots and shoutouts down either. Uh, I'll just wing it like I do everything else. <laughs> All right. All right, let's get to some fights then. So, there were a lot of fisticuffs, uh, during this weekend, had some boxing, had a lot of MMA going on. Pre-sters. Oh,
1: oh, oh, crap! I did forget a piece of news. Oh, what happened? Uh, so you know, Crash the Shields was supposed to fight this weekend.
0: I saw her name pop up somewhere, and I don't. What? 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 Uh, yeah, I'll just let you tell it. I saw her name, but I I couldn't remember what it was. So, um, Caressa Shields was supposed to
1: fight, um, God, I, I cannot remember the name of her, I, well, I can't pronounce the name of her opponent off the top of my head. I have to look at it. Um, Caressa Shields... Habizan Is that how you pronounce it? Habizan Um, she was supposed to fight, um, this past, uh, Friday, or, no, Saturday. Um, they had weigh-ins on Friday. And, um... I guess um, one of Habazin's trainers, Bashar, uh, Bashir Ali, uh, was, uh, you know, done some verbal jabs at, uh, across the Shield's entourage, and um, one of Shield's coaches proceeded to sucker punch the shit out of um, Bashir, knocked him out for like 20 minutes, he had like blood all over his face and shit. Jeez. Yeah, he fell to a concrete floor. Uh he had to have surgery um, on his teeth and like his jaw was broken and shit. Um I'm I'm trying to find the name of the dude who threw the punch because do you remember Durrell? Darrell. Darrell who? Uh it was it Anthony or was the under one or Andre. Um <laughs>
0: The no, the one who fought uh, last week?
1: No, the one whose coach went batshit insane crazy and proceeded to jump the other fighter um, in the corner. Uh, it was, uh, was it Ukategi?
0: I cannot remember.
1: You don't remember uh, this? We talked. We definitely talked about it. Um, co- uh, hold up. I'm I'm gonna look this up. But um, I want to say it's the same coach.
0: Oh, the one who uh, he, he, he came in and almost knocked dude out. He Is that the one? Yes. Okay, yeah, I it, do. It okay, was Andre no, uncle? There we okay, go. Okay, yeah, yeah, I do remember. Yeah, he landed the punches he threw might have been better than the ones in the actual. <laughs> he was landing some leather out there, bare knuckle, just. But uh,
1: because they're all from Flint. Hold up. I want to make sure... I I want, I want to make sure I'm not just, like, making things up. I want to say... Uh... Well, no, it doesn't look like it. Um... Hold up. Who is the... Because du- they don't even mention the guy's name in the article. That's the fucked up thing.
0: Yeah, they don't mention the guy who who threw the punch, but... Uh, they mention Habizon's trainer, Bashir Ali, and then they mention, uh... Yeah, the article I'm reading about, uh... There were words exchanged between uh Clarissa's sister and I guess one of the trainers, but like Clarissa wasn't she wasn't there when the like actual punch happened. like I don't think she was uh I'm trying to find the part of course she wrote this really 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 long statement. yeah shields who was not in the lobby when I I was attacked says she is still reflecting on my role in the events leading up to the incident. Uh, Ali and S.H.I.E.L.D.'s sister exchanged angry words moment before the incident, but S.H.I.E.L.D. said that didn't justify what happened. So I guess she wasn't, wasn't like around in the immediate area when that happened. Oh yeah, no, she
1: had bounced by then. Um, or she was coming out, I don't remember which one.
0: I, I guess what I don't, I'm, well, you know what, I, I can't really say it because it wasn't like it was, um, it was Clarissa who threw the punch. Right. But I I
1: will say, though, um, she went on Periscope immediately after, like, the news broke Mm. to give her side of the story. Um... And basically... tried to egg Ivana into still fighting. (laughs) Which is incredibly tone-deaf. Um... Yeah, uh, is it I'm looking at Ivana Habizen's, like Facebook thing.
0: Um, I guess my, my issue with things like this, and I get it, like, it's your sister, but, like...
1: Well, it like, wasn't, wasn't Shields, that's the thing. Like,
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying, like, yeah, it wasn't her, but, like, if, if I'm her... Like, I get it, man, you gotta travel with the Entourage, you gotta have a gang gang with you, I get it. But, like, you can't have people messing up the bag. Like, like y'all are going to fight anyway. And I don't mean this for Carissa, because she didn't throw the punch. But, like, all of this is going to get settled. You just got to wait a day. Like, <laughs> like you got to wait one day. And then everybody can fight. Well, not everybody, but, you know, the two people who are supposed to fight can fight. And, you know, somebody wins, somebody loses. I mean, if you want to talk trash afterwards or whatever, have at it. But it's just like... I don't know, man. Yeah, I no, gotta she, look.
1: She has. Um.
0: I got. I gotta look at my sister or, or whoever was involved. I I gotta look at them kind of crazy, like y'all are messing up my money. Like, I appreciate you having my back. I don't know what words were exchanged because like none of, what I've seen it says says exactly like what they were arguing about or what the whole, you know, what all the shenanigans were, but. Like, you can't do that, man. Like, you messing up people's bags. All these people came there to see you. Now you're not there. I think, I think it did say the event did continue on.
1: The event happened, but it, they gave out refunds for, um, because the main event got canceled. And uh, the venue was basically empty.
0: Yeah, see? See? Like, come on, man.
1: Yeah, so that that was the little bit of news that I remembered. So you can move well, on to the actual fights that happened in the ring and cage.
0: There we go. Yeah. Let's move on to some uh some actual real fisticuffs that were legal and sanctioned. <laughs> you know, gloves were on, things of that nature. So uh I guess we'll start with Bellator first, uh because this one I think we can probably get through pretty quick. And then we'll go into Triple G and we'll finish <coughs> off with uh, UFC 243. So, Bellator 229 uh, went down in Temecula, California. This was on Friday night. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch these uh, mostly until Saturday when I got off work, but I didn't get a get chance to watch everything. But, anywho, uh, we would just run it from the top. Headlining the card was Lorenz Larkin versus Andre Korshkov. Um,. Forgive my memory on all these fights. Like I said, I didn't get a chance to rewatch any of these. I saw them once and what I remember is just kind of what I remember. Um but I I was a fan of the main event. I thought it was a really, really good matchup. Um It was it was a fun it was a fun fight. Uh third round not a lot happened, but we <laughs> we got some 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 moments in the first two. I mean really like this fight was the tale of like every round well minus the third. Each each fighter had like their their uh their big moment. Um I think I think the first round with the course he got his knockdown first, right, I wanna say. Yeah, he with, hit him yeah. with
1: that spinning wheel kick.
0: Yeah. Nasty, like very well timed. And it, it happened out of nowhere. Like really nice spinning wheel kick that uh drop Larkin. Props Larkin I thought he, he he recovered from it really well. Um I think it I think it caught him off guard more than anything. I mean he definitely got dropped. But, um, he recovered from it pretty well, but Koroskov had, like, his huge moment in the first, um, second round, man, uh, I thought Larkin was going to get him out of there. Um, I remember a couple of flying knees, I feel like, <laughs> he caught Koroskov with, um, I thought Larkin was closer to a finish than Koroskov was, I'll say, in between their two, like, big moments that each of them had, um. No, it was a nice, like, back and forth. You got to see, like, how good both the guys were, each having their respective big moments in the first first two rounds. And then it was one of those fights that came round to the last round, and it's kind of, I guess, whether you judge fights based on control or damage. Uh, Korskov controlled most of the last round, but, like, he didn't really do anything. Like, you know, I can put you on the cage, I can take you down, but, like, he didn't. He didn't land like really any ground and pound. It was just kind of he was kind of just holding on to him. And I get it, cause that second round he took a beating, so he, he was just probably just I need, I need to recover, just survive. Um, but Larkin didn't control it, but I think he had went for a guillotine for one of the takedowns. Um, he was throwing some elbows. He was he had probably inflicted all of the damage in the third round. So I guess it just kind of came down to which one you kind of judge more. Uh, judges saw fit to give Larkin the split decision. Um, I'm not really mad at it. Um, I, I guess I can kind of see it both ways. Um, but I guess if I was to weigh in on my scale, I would probably put, I don't know, like, it, it'd it be different if Korskov took him down and was like actually landing some ground and pound. Even if it wasn't a lot, it, it could have just been like bare minimum and, and I probably would have gave him that round. But if you take a guy down and, like, you really don't do anything and he's at least trying to go for submissions um, and at that point, because you literally haven't done anything in terms of damage, he can just throw a few elbows. And at that point, he's kind of trying harder, <laughs> I guess, than you. Right. Um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not mad if he gets that decision. Um, I would love to see them two fight again. I thought it was a pretty... Pretty good fight, but, yeah, Larkin got a split decision. It was a really close fight, like I said. That last round just kind of depends on, I guess, preference of what you... If you score on damage or if you score on control. Damage. There we go. (laughs) Yeah, I'm happy for Larkin.
1: Like, the... Like, dude beat Jorge Masvidal. Who's about to headline at MSG.
0: Yeah, I was trying to remember after this fight, like... Larkin, he didn't, did he, he didn't leave the UFC on like a crazy lose streak,
1: did he? No, he left on a two fight win streak where he beat Jorge Masvidal and Neil Magny to be a top ten light, uh, sorry, welterweight. Huh. Yeah, he left because I think Bellator offered him more money. I am at, and, yep. and then he lost to um, uh, Douglas Lima and Paul Daley. But it's not three fight one streak, so it doesn't matter.
0: Eh, wouldn't mind see him uh put himself in that title picture.
1: Like he legitimate could have left, the, like he le- there's a legitimate argument that he should have left on like a five fight
0: one streak where he had beaten.
1: Mind you, he beat Santiago Ponzanibio, He knocked him out.
0: Yep. And then lost that split close, which you probably could have argued he won against uh. Yeah, dude's still still a legit, like, top 15 welterweight. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I wish Bellator was side to him and off. Because he's just out in, like, ACA just doing his thing. But, like, I I don't think Roy McDonald's going to be around for much longer. And now that they've done the tournament, it feels like everybody's fought each other. So, you know, put some some new blood in there.
0: Yeah, got to inject something new. But no, nah, yeah, I I'm, I'm happy for Larkin too. Like like I said, he left the UFC and was still handling business. Continues to handle business. Had a few, you know, rough patches on the way, but um no, nah, it was it was a good fight. It was a good fight. Definitely a good fight. So if you didn't get a chance to go watch that one, uh definitely go check that out. Uh this next fight did not last very long. Uh moving down to lightweight, co main event, uh gordy Yamayuchi versus Sadawad. Is this Yamuuchi's first fight at Lightweight? Uh,
1: no. I want to say his last fight was at Lightweight, too.
0: Hmm. Either way, I like him at Lightweight. I like, uh... I like what I'm seeing. This fight did not last really long at all. I can't really remember how it started. I just remember, like, literally... I mean, the, the fight was only, like, a little over a minute. The second it went to the ground, uh... I, I like the, the setup he had for the armbar I thought was dope. And once he got it in, like, you knew that was... it yeah that was that was one of them arm bars um, yeah it's not really a lot to say like once he got the arm bar and it was it was pretty much uh <laughs> it was pretty much over uh but I, I like Yamichi at, at at lightweight like he doesn't look like he really gives up uh a, a ton of size uh or anything like that and no he's that, long as shit, yeah, and that ground game boy he'll give anybody issues on the ground like uh I I hope to see him in... I mean, I would say I hope to see him in big fights, but Sadawad is probably one of the better lightweights on Bellator's roster, so... He might not be too far out from a <laughs> a big fight. I mean, like...
1: Nor knows when uh Patricio is going to put that... Uh, Patricia is going to
0: put that uh, that title up. Yeah, so... And I think light, lightweight, too, kind of in Bellator. Like, it's a good division for them. But it probably could use some more names. Some, yeah, some more names, some newer blood. Um, God, Yamu she's only twenty six, man.
1: This is crazy, cause like I remember, like he's been around for a minute. Hold up, let me. It's been a while since I have checked like who's not in the UFC or Bellator because it feels like everyone's in the UFC or Bellator.
0: Yeah, he's almost he's, he's almost a decade in.
1: Yeah, he's been
0: fighting forever. Wins over Awad, uh Vichel, Piccolotti. Uh, I don't know if Ron Couture counts for not <clears throat> too much. Wins over uh, Mike Richmond. Yeah, he's he's been around for a while. Uh,
1: um, so I'm looking at the people who are not in. Either the USC or PFL or Bellator and it's like they can go for like a bunch of Russian dudes, Marcin Held, uh Gleason Tabora, uh, Gleason Tebow, my bad. Um they could bring back Will Brooks, mm. which I don't think they want to do.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Um I, like well Norman Park's like Either the champion or he's like constantly fighting for the title. But like, they, 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 they definitely need, they desperately need some like newer faces at those, in those newer divisions. And like, they, they have young talent, but their young talent's not ready to fight Michael Chandler.
0: Right.
1: Even if it's just yeah. like holdover talent, like just somebody who we can be like, oh, that's interesting. I'd like to see that fight, but that's a ways away, I guess. Um but yeah no good fight. Uh good performance from Mamiluchi.
0: And moving down, uh yeah, catch weight, I guess. I didn't know somebody missed weight. Or if they just agreed to catch weight, I'm not sure. But uh Kerry Melendez versus Mandy Polk. Um I didn't get a chance to watch this fight really in its entirety. Um so I can't comment too much on it. My lasting memory of the fight is the <laughs> the first couple of seconds where i guess polk's idea was to just go in and shoot for the takedown which cool but like it didn't um i don't know like i felt like she wanted to shoot but maybe like she wasn't sure or she wasn't sure of her timing and while she was trying to figure that out she got punched in the face nice. <laughs> like she just got rocked in the face Trying to figure out like, do I go for the takedown now or like what? Yeah, she just she just ate one. Um, but I I I can't speak on this fight in detail because I, I didn't really get a chance to watch all of it. Um, really, that was a story for these next two fights. Um, did did you get a chance to catch this one?
1: No, I, the only two fights I watched were the and Koshkov fights. So the rest of the card was pretty uninteresting to
0: me. Okay, all right, so I, I'll just run down the semi-interesting ones that people might be interested in uh you can go back and watch on the zone uh what's this on the yeah, yeah, zone yeah you can go back and watch on the zone uh if you feel the need to but uh kerry melendez uh got the win over mandy polk via unanimous decision uh, tony johnson versus joe Schilling. <laughs> this is the the fight that opened the main car it was an interesting fight um boy what a joe Schilling ending um And I mean that in the sense that Joe Schilling just has some of, like, the most unfortunate, like, losses that I can think of in recent memory. Um, A fight where there are moments where he's looking good, and I'm pretty sure he rocked Johnson a few times. And I was watching this, and then I fell asleep, and I didn't see the whole fight that day. Um, I watched it Friday night, and I only saw the first two rounds. And then I woke up the next morning, like, oh, let me see who won the rest of this. And then I see a gif of Joe Schilling getting his lights turned off. Um, got rocked in the third round, and he died on impact. So, Tony Johnson knocked out Joe Schilling. Um, I don't know, man. Joe Schilling's MMA transition has... Oof. It's been rough. <laughs> it has been... <clears throat> it has been rough. But Tony Johnson knocked him out.
1: Make you feel for the dude, because, like... He has, his style of like just brawling is like suited for kickboxing. It's not suited for MMA, but this is the only sport where he can make any money in it.
0: Yeah, and it is. It's just not been. It's not been working out, man. It is ugh. not been high, highs of highs and low, lowest of lows. Um, but Tony Johnson got the win via KO. Uh other results I'll just read real quick. Uh Anatoly Tokov, uh who's probably somebody people keep an eye on at middleweight. Uh he got a TKO win over Horacio Derrenpion, if I'm saying that correct. Um Salim Mook Mook Muknadov uh defeated Adele Al Talimi via decision. That was actually a pretty good fight. Um I like what Salim Sel- looked pretty good in that fight. So go check that one out if you didn't. And on the post limbs, uh Vladimir Tokov defeated Brandon Hastings via Unanimous decision. Uh, Derek Anderson defe- defeated Kheremay Bamba uh, via unanimous decision, and uh, one of Be- uh, Bellator's other prospects at welterweight, uh, Joey Davis. Uh, he got a nasty flying knee KO over Jeffrey Peterson. So shout out to Joey Davis. Um, I think he's five and zero, six and zero. Not sure. No, he's undefeated, but just good to see one of their prospects. Um, uh one of the prospects uh do some good work why is jordan newman's name familiar is he a prospect too i don't know why that name sounds familiar yeah, he's probably a wrestler yeah i think so jo- jordan newman got a uh TKO win over riley miller i feel like he is a wrestler unless i'm mixing him up with somebody else but that name sounds really familiar yeah But he doesn't have a wiki, so I can't click on his name.
1: No, you're right. Like that's a name I've heard before.
0: Yeah, I definitely know that name from somewhere. Uh, I, he's he's gotta be a wrestler. He has to be a wrestler. But uh so shout out to Joey Davis, though. Uh that was a nice fine DKO. So Bellator prospects. Uh you know, hand on business. Always good to see. Need that next next new wave of blood to come in. So congrats to those guys. But that was Bellator two twenty nine. Uh, from what I saw, it looked like a pretty solid card. So if you got the zone, you know, I, I would definitely say go back and watch Larkin Korshkov. Uh, watch Yamiuchi's armbar over Sada Wada. It was pretty nasty. Um, the, the whole main card looked looked pretty solid. So go back and give it a watch. Um, but let's quickly breeze through that. We will move on to what was a really good fight uh, last night that I wish <coughs> I would have chose to give more of my attention instead of watching Diego Lima and, uh, uh, instead of the gentleman's name, Luke, Jam- Jamo, I don't have the name pulled up in front of me. Is his first name even Luke? Yes. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> He's
1: the one I chose to win the main event. Yeah. Uh, my, well. my prediction didn't come true,
0: sadly. <laughs> he tried. Kinda, sorta. How that fight was even a split, you know, We'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But, uh, on the boxing front, Gennady Golovkin versus Sergei uh, uh This went down last night. Once again, I was angry that we have to sit through 80 national anthems and all these long walkouts. It just felt like it took forever for this fight to actually start. Sound unpatriotic right now. I hope you realize that. <laughs> I mean, in my defense, the national anthem that I saw was not in my native language. <laughs> I didn't know what was going so, on. Wait, so
1: you're not loyal to the Kazakhstani flag?
0: Nah man, they got to do better. And <laughs> <laughs> national anthem didn't sound cool. Didn't have any flavor, didn't have any uh any umph to it. But um You know, I'll, I'll let you uh I'll let you kick this one off. How how would you feel about this uh How do you feel about this scrap?
1: Um it was a fun fight. It was a good fight. Derivian Chaco, I think will turn into a very good good middleweight. uh well he is a very good good middleweight. I think he. Uh, I think he's gonna win a world title eventually, um, but uh, Glovkin, oof, he, he he is old. He's officially old. Um, that's basically it. He he looked old. Man. Like he he's always had trouble with guys who are willing to who will make him cover up and then change an angle on him. That's what, um. Jacobs did um and after like that second round uh Revyanchenko uh basically figured out if I make him cover up I can make him chase me as I like as I pivot out and I can walk him into like a big punch um and he, he was really good with that um, moving like moving forward, the fight he got knocked, he got knocked down in the first, trying to bang it out a little bit with Glufkin in the pocket. But um, once he started moving, it it just seemed really apparent that Golovkin. Golovkin's only way. Uh, sorry, there's a gigantic ass balloon in my window. <laughs> Mesmerized. <laughs> so the the reason you guys heard me get up and go answer the doorbell was the bounce house guy's here for my stepbrother's birthday. And I look out my window right now and the damn thing is above our house. <laughs> <laughs> um but where was I going this? Oh yes. Um yeah. Glufkin basically had to like I it for a, like it wasn't even like forcing exchanges. It was like he had to wait for Derevianchenko to basically stand in front of him long enough so that he can get his combinations going. And they were, I'm not gonna say few and far between, but if if not for that first knockdown, that first round, I don't think uh, Glovkin wins this fight. Um, hell, there was there was a body shot that Derevianchenko hit Glovkin with that really hurt him. And then mm-hmm. the referee stepped in and broke up. They like, broke up the exchange.
0: Ah! <laughs> I thought I was the only one who. Cause was it me or did the announcers not really? Did they even mention?
1: So I watched. I was. Con- I, only, I was confused. I only watched this fight in Russian. I oh. I, I didn't watch it through the the, the proper DAZN means because I'm poor. But um, I I I, I don't know if they brought it up or not, but like I saw a bunch of people saying like. Why like why, uh, why did he break up that exchange? he was hurt. They really screwed Derevchenko over there.
0: Um, but you know. Cause it, that, yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say because it, it didn't even look like the only thing I could think of was that maybe he thought it was low, but it wasn't.
1: He did land low a couple of times, chasing those body shots, but um, that did not look low. That looked like right on the solar plexus.
0: Yeah yeah I, w- I was really confused when that happened because he had a lot of momentum going that round and i'm not saying that would have led to a finish but
1: he gets a knockdown really, or he gets a 10-8 rounds like that right it's a completely different fight
0: right right yeah I, yeah that that really kind of drove me up a wall i was really confused when that happened um but no nah, I, I can't really add more than what you said like it, i thought it was a really awesome fight um they like said outside of the, the knockdown uh, when Golovkin, I think he caught him with an overhand right, like clipped him on the head. Because <laughs> like <they're, laughs> Derivianchenko tried to like duck down and he, he, caught, he caught a mean one. But um, like after that, um, especially towards, I want to say like the, like the fourth, maybe the fifth from on, like those next like batch of rounds. Yeah, he was really, I think what stood out the most to me was it seemed like Derivianchenko's output. Like he was just so busy yeah it
1: was never like he was throwing like six punch combinations it was like he'd come in behind three or four punches he hit an angle and then he'd follow up with like two or three big ones and then bounce out
0: right and then a lot of mixing a lot of good body shots too like consistently you know going to the body when he had a chance to just really good just being like i said just really being the busier fighter and like i said it really did kind of make Golovkin looked old because this young dude is just in here like and it's not like Golovkin was landing some good body shots as well but it seemed like the Revianchenko was in the foot was on the pedal like the whole time like he never looked like he was really slowing down he had a good he had a really good consistent pace like the entire fight as to where to me it looked like Golovkin was it looked like Golovkin was I'm gonna say pot shot but I don't, I don't know if the numbers would back me up. I'm just going off the eye test. I, I think
1: more than Pasha, it was like he was just trying to find him.
0: You know what right. I mean? Like
1: he, he's just like I can't put three or four punches together because every time I try, he's like out of the way.
0: Right. Like I might get this jab off, but after that, he's he's probably gone. So like I feel like Triple G was landing. He might have landed some of the harder hits, but Revianchenko I think, kind of offset that was just like his output was just it was so much um so much output i remember during one of the rounds that it did mention i think like triple g's accuracy was more like he had landed like 40 percent up until that point or whatever round that was and derivian was only like 30 something percent but if you look at just the number of punches he threw like derivian had him up by a pretty sizable number like he was he was so busy that entire fight but um no i thought it was a really really awesome fight I, I I love the back and forth. Um, did you agree with the decision? Were you fine with the decision?
1: Um, like, like, uh, if it wasn't for that 10-8, I think the Rafa Jacob probably was his fight. Like, I, I I can't get over that. Um, I'm not mad that Golovkin won. Like, he he had like there there were rounds where like, I, I guess Sergey took some time off and glovkin got some work in um like some serious work in but may, maybe this is challenger bias because we like the only person we people we've seen um give glovkin that this type of trouble have been like danny jacobs and uh canelo but yeah no it's it, uh, I'm, I'm not mad that this, i'm not mad at this decision but if i was scoring the fight i probably would have edited to and or a tie yeah. or a draw at the least
0: yeah that that 10-8 probably did help him a lot and I wasn't really scoring round by round I was just enjoying the fight I was really enjoying what I was seeing um I think I edged mm. it to Derevyanchenko and that's just strictly going off the odd. just strictly going off the odd test not really scoring round by round um but yeah I wasn't super mad because there were a lot of rounds and like that middle portion of the fight that were really close, like you probably could argue either or, um, so I wasn't super mad. I was I wouldn't scream bloody robbery, but I I probably did score it for Derevianchenko. But you know if they were to fight was...
1: again, I think Derevianchenko probably beats the brakes off him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I well I won't say I won't say beats the brakes, but I think he wins a like a decisive. You can't argue that I won this fight. Yeah, like, like I, I
1: think Glove, uh, like between Glovkin coming, like, one of the things we didn't mention, Glovkin came in overweight. Um, he was pound over the weight limit, so even uh, like he won, but he doesn't get to be champion. Um, like I I I think he's just done. Like he just like not phys- like physically a little bit, but mostly mentally. Like the politics of the Canelo fights. Like him losing both of them, even though like we all thought he won the first one, and a lot of people thought he won the second one. Um, signing with the zone, and then freaking Canelo's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to fight him again. I'm up two and zero on him. Um, getting stuck with like a really young, not young, but a dangerous um, opponent who doesn't really have a name in Darvijaiko. Like, I I think he is like. What am I even doing this for anymore if I don't have the Canelo fight? You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: I mean, he's what thirties?
1: He's thirty-seven.
0: Thirty-seven. Yeah. Like, and
1: the style he fights at, he his career probably should have been over like five years ago. Yeah, They started late, so.
0: Then so. you combine it like at at thirty-seven, you're 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 definitely heading to like that tail end of your career, and you're probably thinking a lot about like, like he wants the legacy fights now, like he wants the you you need the fights that like really really matter and that's no disrespect to the but you gotta imagine like you really wanted this canelo fight uh and maybe some other big names and now it's like you know, i gotta fight these guys who these fights are probably doing a lot more for them than they are for me right i guess um but hey man you still gotta go in there and perform and i mean you got the win Albeit, you know, some people may feel a kind of way, but now nah, it was a really awesome fight, and uh, I think it's one of those fights that if even if, you know, one of those fights that where even when the loser lose, his stock probably goes up. Um, I think a lot more people probably pay attention to Derivianchenko and whoever his his next fight is. That was just that was a really good showing. Um, but now nah, awesome fight, man. If you have the zone or any other alternative means to go back and watch the card uh to watch that fight, I would definitely encourage you to do so. It was a really good fight, lots of back and forth action. T- two two weeks in a row, I think, where at least for me, where fights like exceeded expectations. I, I would say, personally, for me at least.
1: Yeah. Um. Hold um, so. well, up. Let me see what's what's on the cards for next week. Ah, uh, now um. Well, there's a rematch between Jessica McCaskill and Erica Farias, Mariana Juarez versus Carolina Duar, and eh, nothing I think anybody but me would be interested.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, either way, shout out to boxing, man. 2-2. Two, two. Been a lot of good fights this year, I feel like. It's been one of those years in boxing I've probably had more fun this year than... I can remember in recent memory it's, like watching fights. Yeah,
1: it's uh, it kinda sucks because <laughs> Terrence Crawford's only fought once this year.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh like they uh, I, I I get that they like they they struggle to find opponents for him, but like dude, just put that dude on ESPN twice a year. Yeah. Keep his and
0: at this uh, yeah, keep his name relevant. If it's gotta be a highlight real fight, then whatever it's just gotta be a highlight oh, <laughs> real fight. Yeah,
1: i missed the fight for next week. Our uh, um Alex Alexander Usyk, and our boy. Uh
0: Oh yeah, Mr the, the, Mr
1: The, the Cougar the trainer. Yeah. Florida Man. <laughs> K, uh former K one and Glory Star Tyron Spong. That's on the hey. zone. That's on yeah, the just, covering that, Yeah.
0: Yeah, we're covering that. Definitely covering that. Oh man. That's gonna Sucks. be
1: oof, that's gonna be something 'cause I'm I'm expecting Usyk to just beat the shit out of him, <laughs> because see, Usyk is
0: legitimately one of the top five boxers on the planet. See, I have to do my homework cause I, I I haven't I can't remember if I've seen many of Usyk's fights before, so I'm, I have to do my homework. But I've seen other people echo that sentiment, so, so like Spang might be in some trouble. <laughs> like, um,
1: U- Usyk's like basically. How I compliment say some nice Furious how I compliment Usyk in that, like they, they both like both of them, like they move way more elegantly and gracefully than anybody their size has
0: any business doing. Mm. All right, shout to Tyronn He should bring the cougar with him during like his walk. Man. Oh no, they, uh, I think he took the cougar back actually. Can't. That gym,
1: did they take the cougar or what, Or was he like forced to give it back?
0: I feel like one of the two. Either way, I'm pretty sure he can't. Uh, yeah, he can't. He can't bring that down. But uh, yeah, that'll be fun to talk about. I forgot. I, did, I forgot about that. But shout out to uh, Gennady Golovkin and uh, Deribianchenko. Really, uh, really good fight from both man. But uh, Golovkin got the win. Uh, Scorecards were 114, 113, 115, 112, 115, 112 um and i guess i'll just read the undercard while i have it on in front of me israel uh mad defeated alejandro barrera fifth round tko and ivan baron defeated gabriel Bracero via fourth round tko so <laughs> what,
1: oh, what so i went on our boxing to see like what people were saying about the fight before we hopped off um but someone put up a thread called uh, about examples of middle class or privileged boxers and the guy was like every big fighter seems to come from poverty like Pacquiao or has like a tough childhood like Mayweather or Tyson or you know systematic oppression like Muhammad Ali and then the very first answer to the th- in the thread is didn't Spence grow up in the suburbs and someone immediately answers with he had a dad and everything <laughs>
0: oh man I shouldn't laugh at that but (laughs) oh man (laughs) shouldn't laugh at that but that's funny (laughs) he had a dad and everything (laughs) oh man but uh that's all we got on the box in front wait whoa,
1: whoa 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 I'm sorry this threat is very enlightening because wait. You run right. some new things? No, 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 never mind. I think it was I think it was somebody trying to troll. So uh, uh-huh. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold that to myself.
0: Alright. Oh man. But uh Man. What is <laughs> that was funny. But that's all we got on the uh the box in front. So we can go ahead and uh get to the main event of the evening UFC 243 which went down in uh, Melbourne, Australia Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me but I'm pretty sure the gate was pretty big Uh, they have somewhere like 51,000 people there something like that might have been more than that actually but um
1: 57,600 something people, largest mm -hmm. crowd the
0: UFC's ever got Hey, shout out to all show you fans. Shout out to all show you.
1: I actually feel bad for them because you know they you, last time they went they put out like the little plastic chairs for everybody. For, for, <laughs> I, I don't know if they did the same thing, but did you see the layout of the stadium?
0: Yeah, the, yeah, like the the floor seats. Those chairs look really uncomfortable. Well, that, I, I, beyond that, like imagine being like five
1: two and sitting like. 30 row like 30 rows into that those chair of white seats. Like you can't fucking see anything.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're not, you know, you got to look at the big screen cuz you are not, yeah. You ain't seeing nothing. You are seeing absolutely nothing. I I liked how it looked. Like I liked the whole like how the floor was white. Like I thought it looked like the aesthetic was good. But yeah, I could imagine being down there. Like if you're not in those first couple of rows, uh, you might be having a hard time uh <laughs> try trying watching the action, seeing what's going on. But, um... No, nah, shout-outs to the Australian fans, man. Like... I feel like no matter if their guy won or lost, they took everything in stride. I respect that. Even though I think their crowd got silenced a couple times. But... It seemed like that was a crowd that was just... Excuse me. They were just happy to be there. They, they were just happy to be there. I respect it. But, um... UFC Melbourne. UFC 243. uh Headline, obviously... Middleweight title match Robert Whitaker defending his belt against Interim uh well now new <laughs> but at the time Interim champion uh Israel Adesanya um man oh man um mm, where to start where to start I guess I can start with the write up that I did and um I, I, I I'll, I'll pat myself on the back. I Got both of my predictions right. I predicted Adesanya and Hooker uh, to both win, but I didn't envision them winning the way they did. Um, Mar- I thought oh, at Ad- my God,
1: Marvin Vittor- Vittoria was a harder opponent for Israel Adesanya than Hooker <laughs> <Fett> was.
0: And <laughs> hey, you know what I was thinking of? Like I posted this on Tumblr. Like when Adesanya first got to the UFC. I'm worried, like, oh, man, they might fast-track him. They're giving him too much, too quick, and what if his takedown defense isn't ready, you know? Like, I I didn't want to see him get derailed early, and then, like, we get... We we saw the talent, but, like, he wanted to see it get developed, like, properly. Yeah,
1: especially since this guy's
0: toughest opponent
1: on the regional scene was, like, Ivan Jorge and Melvin Gillard, two former
0: lightweights. Right, right gillard at the time was way past his uh sell by date yeah (laughs) like so like i'm all worried about this guy like hoping like worrying that it just might not pan out because we've seen that happen so many times where a guy's supposed to come in and rise to the top and then he catches an l along the way and he's either never the same and we just don't hear from him again um and Adasani just mess around and just won a title um I mentioned in my write up that I I did not, there was no way I envisioned any scenario that if this was going to turn to be a kickboxing match, there was no way Whitaker was going to win. Like, no way. There was no way I could picture him. If he didn't, if he couldn't, the only way I could see him winning it had it been a complete stand up is he would have had to make this like a really dirty, grimy kind of fight to where, like, he would have to have moments where, like, he pushed him against the cage and just made it really dirty or he'd be able to, like, get in close and maybe land some combinations probably had to eat one along the way. But it, it would have to be a really just kind of grimy kind of fight. Like, you trying to snipe from range against Adasanya, Unless you have some kind of one-punch knockout power, you're losing that ten times out of ten. Like, is way too slick. Head movement's too good he's he's pretty good at like not getting hit angles off really well like he's just way too slick for that and i knew for whitaker probably within like the first couple of minutes probably about three to four i was like if whitaker doesn't do something different other than what he's doing now he is he's either going to lose a decision where he just gets out kickboxed every round or like this might get ugly but i, I didn't think he was going to get i didn't think this was going to happen to him did not see this coming. Um, this was
1: the worst performance of Whitaker's career. Um or, or the worst one since the Wonderboy fight. Which like what the hell was he trying to do? Like, we, we could talk about like whether or not he was gonna win a kickboxing match, but he wasn't gonna win a kickboxing match where he was literally just throwing himself at Sonya.
0: Yeah, he... No
1: fainting. Like, no foot fanks, no faints with the... J- like, just, I'm going to throw this really stiff up jab and then this very winging overhand right. <laughs> over and over and over again. And, you know, maybe a left hook every once in a while to keep i uh, the side honest, but, like, what did he think he was going to do?
0: Yeah, I, I think... Yeah, I noticed too. He didn't. I didn't think think in this fight he fought behind the jab as well as I've seen him do in other fights. Cause in other fights he would he would still kind of have like a stiff jab, but I feel like he was at least mixing his combinations up better. Like I said, he might feint a little more. He was doing things to. He did himself a lot more favors, I think, in other fights. It seemed like in in this fight, I. It was a jab, a overhand right, a hook. Might throw in a head kick in every now and again. But that was it. It was like he was hoping to just kind of leap in and just like catch Adesanya in like a brawling moment. And like he thought that was going to work. Against a guy who, as we see, angles off really well. He can slip punches really well. And apparently his counter hook game, is <laughs> like it's just out of this world. But like, like he,
1: every time he threw that right hand, he threw himself like completely out of position, and I'm like, is it? Because up to this point, like I guess the, the lankiest fighter he's fought is like Uriah Hall, who has a problem pulling the trigger, uh, like Adesanya doesn't, um, but like. That's the only thing I can think of, like, du- like a like dudes who can make those like small angle adjustments and like make you pay for them, or just like going to like and who are exceedingly long, so that he has to like jump into range,
2: right?
1: Like that's what happened. Wonderboy, that's what happened here. Like, I'm just so baffled by like what the game plan was, because like everything seems like desperation. Like there's there's a sequence in the first round where Whitaker. Um, he throws a, a head kick, and Adesanya ducks out. And as opposed to um, as, as opposed to like trying to reset, like Whitaker throws this flailing right hook at him that throws him completely off balance, and he falls down. Like he gets up, but like you know a, a, a less um forgiving Adesanya maybe knocks him out in that moment. It's just like what was, like, what was the game plan here?
0: It looked really sloppy, and I, I think probably because I, I went back and watched some of Whitaker's other fights, I think in other fights, even though I, I don't think in some of the other fights he was that sloppy, but I would even say I would I would go to say maybe against a Jacare and a, a Romero. He can somewhat kinda get away with doing stuff like that because they're not as other guys can't really do or I, I don't know if they can't or they they just don't. So, they don't they don't they have it's counter game. Right. They don't have the counter game. They don't they can't slip punches like he do. They don't angle off like he does. So Whitaker against other guys can kinda get away with you. I'ma just I can hit you with a jab and then through this kind of just leaping right hook or leaping left hook in. I might actually catch you because you're you're not really like super defensively sound. You'll you'll stand there and give me a target to hit. Um, as to where Adesanya is not gonna he's not gonna do he's not giving you that. You got you have to earn every little inch you get with him. Like and then we saw like <laughs> like we said when you get in the pocket, Doodle tag you and slip off ever so slightly and then a hook is coming and you're about to eat it. Um. And then even, like, while he's trading in the pocket, he doesn't, Adesanya doesn't, like, just stand straight up in the pocket and it's like, yo, we just going to trade blows. Like, nice. He's in the pocket, but still, like, angling off, still kind of slipping in and out. Um. I mean, I feel like that last, <laughs> the KO punch was kind of a culmination of what was happening in the fight. Like,
1: Gale Punch is the same freaking punch that freaking knocked
0: Whitaker down in the first round. Right. <laughs> like end of the first round, a hook, of course, at the very last second. Uh,
1: a hook off of a very ugly uh, Whitaker overhand right, right that took him completely out of position. And he just, like... And it wasn't even so much of, like, a... a like, Whitaker does, like, look like his eyes glaze over a little bit when he gets hit, but, like, that's a balance thing. Your feet are, like, like they're both square, but Adesanya has, like, upper body control, like, to the point like, where, like, okay, I'm in a position to throw a punch. He's not. And he just throws, like, this really casual uppercut that throws Robert Whitaker all the way back. Like, it's then... so... And like well, you said, like, he was able to do this against um, Yoel Romero because R- Romero was, is not – if you throw out Romero, he, there's a chance he may slip, but he's not going to slip and, like, be in the position to counter your back the same way that Israel Adesanya is.
0: Right. And then in that, that second round, it seemed like – because Adesanya didn't get too, too busy in the first round. He kind of felt them out a lot and then he you know, obviously had the major knockdown at the end. That second round, I felt like he kinda of just had everything figured out and it was just like all systems go.
1: Dude, well look like, at the beginning of the round, Whitaker's having success. He's double jabbing, like that's the thing. When he was double well, he was doubling up with the jab as opposed to like doing the jab and then coming with the overhand, right. Like he was finding success. So he was getting yeah, Sanya the back up and like turn away and stuff. But like There are also points where he just straight up just runs at him and then jabs. And it's just like, this isn't touch karate. You can't do that.
0: Right. Dude is way too... (laughs) He's way too elite of a striker to where if you think that, that's not going to work. That is just not going to work. If it works,
1: it's not going to work more than like a couple times.
0: Right. He's going to figure that out eventually. Uh, He's going to find a way around it. And it was just... The way Adasani just like I said just angles off that hook counter game just <laughs> That hook counter game is crazy. Like dude just Like he stays in the pocket but like he's not in the pocket. Like he can hit you and I'ma just dip my chin out like right outside the hitbox a little bit. But this hook is still coming. You still finna get this hook. Dude,
1: like I'm watching I'm watching the fight now as we talk about it. And like he hits uh, he hits Whitaker with that same counter like five different times in the first two minutes of the round whitaker tries to throw that over him right he angles out and it just hits him the only difference is like he's hitting him earlier in the combination like the the one that ended whitaker like whitaker had thrown the punch and was just completely out of position to take a shot like here he's kind of still has his feet his head over his feet and is still actually facing Adesanya, so, like, he's able to take the brunt of the shot.
0: Like, I And it's almost not fair, because you, you would think in those, like, moments when they're both throwing hooks, like, kind of in the pocket, because Adesanya's so good at just, like, angling off and just kind of slipping, like, you think he's there to be hit.
2: hmm
0: And, like, you throw, and... I'm gonna just back my head up, like, three inches to the left. <laughs> And you're gonna completely miss, or you might hit me, but it might like roll off. Like you're not gonna get the full brunt of whatever you're throwing. But when I catch you with this hook, I'm right on the money because you can't angle off like I can. Your head is still there to just get tagged. And but that that last hook caught him right on caught Whitaker right on the chin, man. Um,
1: during right that knockout zone. Yeah yeah um
0: this was like
1: you can see like you can see Alisanya building to the exchange because he's the one who initiates the final exchange in the fight where he comes forward gets stopped by uh whitaker's jab like i just it just got to the end right here hold up like yeah so he comes forward drawing out the jab gets whitaker to throw the overhand right like basically, I don't know if he slips there if he parries it. Hold up, uh, jab, no. So he uses his left hook, basically to get out of his, uh, to get Whitaker to throw the the right hand past his body. <laughs> like it's kind of like a parry, and then counters with the right hook that gets Whitaker standing up and gets him into that left hook. Wild. Mm. Mm. And the fuck, the funny thing is, like, is in, like, no position to get him himself.
0: That's what's so, like... That's what's so unfair about it. Like, yeah. That is... Like, you think you're about to catch him in, like, this brawling moment. I wonder if he kind of thought he could kind of... Because, like, him and... Adesanya and Gaslam, I guess, had like similar moments, but I feel like the difference is like, at Gaslam might give you a couple of feints. Um, he also has really fast hands, so he can kind of, he can beat you to the punch. Um, but like he had, I mean, um, uh, Gaslam had a couple of moments where he was able to like clip or catch Adesanya with a really good one in kind of those close quarter situations, but. At least, it, to me, it seemed like Gasol. He'll give you a feint. He'll 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 feint his way in a little bit. He has a, a decent amount of head movement, and dude is just really fast with the hand. so he can kind of well, he can kind of get away with that. In addition to having a lot of power, also.
1: Well, that and he's just better in the pocket than Whitaker apparently, because like Whitaker's just sli- Like they, they both sling, but like Gasol is throwing with like per- like Whitaker looks like he's trying to hit a target. Like he is, th- and he is throwing like his entire body behind these shots. And his feet are just like all over the place. To Gastelum's credit, he kept his feet underneath his body, and he was able to take the punches a lot cleaner. Mm. He was always facing Israel. Like that was not the case here.
0: Mm-mm. Not <laughs> not at all. Oh man, yeah. I, whew, boy. I think this. I think this might have just... This, I don't know. This was a bad... I do not say a bad matchup, but...
1: This is not... It, Adesanya is not the type of dude you want to face when you fought twice in two years and that one opponent is like a completely different fighter you prepare for.
0: Yeah. Oof. Oh, boy. Yeah, that what what a performance. I don't, I don't really have much else to to really <laughs> to really say. Like, what a performance. Um, it's all on the
1: feet, man. Got to watch your yeah. feet. But
0: mm-hmm. and if you're gonna fight Adesanya, like I said, unless you got some kind of ungodly knockout power, you gotta you gotta be creative in there. You can't. That yeah that that would not I mean the thing that that wasn't
1: it. Like he did not expect that gaslamp head kick you, you gotta right. sneak shit on him and it's really hard
0: but you you gotta have a full arsenal ready cause Adesanya is going man um but I, I'm not gonna say uh I'm I'm not the type to jump over the fence and be like oh it's completely over for Whitaker he's done he's dead Barry's career um,
1: <sighs> I, I, I need to see I, I need to see him bounce back like yeah like cause like
0: those Romero fights took a yeah, that probably took a lot. <laughs> I hope it's not a Kane JDS situation, right? Um, yeah, And, uh,
1: like I'm, I, I feel bad. Like I really like Robert Whitaker. Like I really gotta like sign you too. Don't get me wrong, but like. He, just like you see him go through all those fucking wars with Yo Romero and like come out the other end, and he, he he has all these health issues, and he finally gets back and he does it in front of like mel, uh, like this stadium full of like fifty seven thousand of his countrymen, and this is what happens. Yeah, hey, but I, I'm I'm looking forward to Adesanya. Um, uh Costa
0: Yeah, that should be fun. I, I think that'll be interesting because of the uh the power that Costa has. Yeah. So I'm I'm interested to see how that'll how that'll play a factor. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing those two fight. But uh yeah, from Costa, I'm I'm taking notes. I'm definitely taking notes. Um Yeah, you got you got to be creative, man. You got to be a little more creative. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah, Adesanya versus Casa, that's gonna be amazing whenever it does happen. But congrats to Israel Adesanya, man. That that was a really great uh, championship winning performance. It it don't get much better than that. It does not get much better than that. And the whole entrance he had going on, like it, it was a show. Like that 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 whole fight, everything leading up to it and afterwards was just a show. And to have it end like that was just that's a picture perfect ending for yeah. him. It it does not get much better.
1: I got like. I really, I really appreciate um, Adesanya as like a personality. Like, I, I think he talks too much. Um, just because, like, not because like I think he talks, too much and, like, oh, you know, be humble or whatever. But like, more in the aspect of like, not everything he says is a home run.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, it, it, it gets, he was it gets definitely. A little corny. Yeah, his post fight, he was he he threw too many hooks. He was trying to, yeah, yeah, you know, but, he, but yeah.
1: like. Uh, like, I, like, he, he looks like he's having fun out there, and, like, his trash talk never goes beyond, like, I'm going to beat the shit out of my opponent. Um.
0: Yeah, he seems like somebody who genuinely does enjoy, like, what he. What he does, yeah. What he does. He's like a big, he's like a big kid. He he really loves just fighting. Yeah, like
1: and I does. appreciate that over what we've gotten in the past, or, like, um, fuck you, like, a Kobe Covington, or, like what Conor McGregor eventually morphed himself into. Right. Or even though he was coming up, because, like, Conor McGregor's whole strategy was just, like, to fucking diss the accomplishments of literally everybody he fought. Like, all of sudden, he's like, no, i just go out here and beat the shit out of you. I don't care what you are.
0: Right. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah? You've been doing it so far. I, I
1: don't get the hate. I'm just saying.
0: Amazing, man. Like, we always talk about kickboxers coming in and trying to make the MMA transition. And this guy just went all the way to the top. Mm-hmm. Most successful all
1: since, the- I, well, I was going to say, uh, I guess Reem. But that's, that feels wrong because Reem was an MMA fighter who got good at kickboxing. I don't know, Krokop? Mark Hunt?
0: Maybe. One or the other? Yeah, probably one of them. Yeah, he's yeah, he's ahead of that uh that class of guys. So, props to Israel Adesanya, man, amazing performance. Um, uh, but looking forward to seeing Robert Whittaker again. I'm I'm definitely want to see the the rebound fight and how he looks. Uh, what he's able to pull from this fight and make adjustments to in this next one. But what a main event! I'd like to
1: see him fight. Um, cause we only see him fight Hall, Brunson, Jacare, and um. Romero, like I, I'd like to see him against um, either the winner or loser Gaslam too. Yeah, I, I
0: wouldn't be mad at that. Because I,
1: I figure uh, Gaslam will either fight um or yeah, I, well I think Gaslam's gonna win that fucking fight. Um, I, I think if they can, if Adesanya gets past uh, Costa, they're gonna do Gaslam Adesanya too, because that first fight. You put that you put that shit on like UFC um, unfiltered or whatever the hell it's called on ESPN one or two. Like you're gonna get people clamoring for a rematch.
0: Real quick before we go off this fight, that now that you brought that up, <laughs> I, I rewatched that fight the other day, and this has never happened to me before. I swear, I almost got emotional watching that fifth round. I felt <laughs> I felt something watching that fifth round of that fight. I don't know what it was. But something that fifth round like really got to me. It be. was a
1: special, special fight.
0: Yeah, that fifth round, I've never felt that before. Yeah. I was a key emotional watching that last round of that fight.
1: I, I think last year I, I, we we struggled a little bit finding like a fight of the year. Wait, like, what what did we end up voting on for fight of the year last year? Was it um because we had like R- Rodriguez versus uh what's his face on there um Korean zombie? I
0: think we all had different answers.
1: Uh, well, we all had different answers because we all agreed that we had to pick different fights. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, th- this this year, I don't... Yeah. Th- this year has uh, been...
1: Th- there have been some great ones. Um, We had two fucking candidates on the same freaking card. In Holloway, Poirier, and uh, Adesanya Gaslam. Uh, hold up. I have to... I have to go back. I actually have been thinking about our
0: awards this year.
1: It's, uh right. not too far out uh, well not i know well up. just for the record like w- w- awards for this year i'm just saying of the year like yeah. the spoiler is yeah. like he, he, <laughs> I, he cannot be yeah
0: um yeah
1: this is killing me what did we have as of the year last year uh that was 20 20-
0: See, I got my years mixed up. I remember the one year Tay got mad at me because I did detention in, uh... <laughs> he was supposed to fight in the cornfield. Cause I, <laughs> I did detention in... <laughs> I was supposed to... I, I did detention in Rotay. I can't remember if that was last year or the year before. Oh, man. I I don't remember what I, what I had I fight a year last year. Um... You keep looking that up. I'll, uh, <laughs> well, it's
1: I'll, gone. I'll, I'll, 2018.
0: And we'll move on. Yeah. But, uh, nah. This amazing main event, man. Really just amazing main event. Um, but moving on to the co-main event, which I was also really, really looking forward to, uh, at lightweight, Dan Hooker versus Al Iaquinta. Um... In my prediction for this fight, uh... I initially was gonna pick, uh... Raging L to get the W. But I had to sit and think about it. And I was like, you know what, man? After watching a couple Dan Hooker fights, <laughs> <laughs> like, he just has a way. And I get it, like, he lost the uh, the Barboza fight. But that's Barboza, man. Like When Barboza gets a guy who's not going to wrestle him to death <laughs> and, like, give him, like, crazy amounts of pressure, you know, Barboza going to Barboza. So, uh, you know, that that fight is with it
1: yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, like, we're getting,
0: there's yeah. one way. And Al, Al, yeah. Al can't do that. Al, Al,
1: that's not who Al is, well no.
0: Yeah, Al can't do that. I mean, he can pressure, but not, like, he can't, not the well, way. Well, yeah,
1: he well can't Hooker do can't, do can't do that,
0: but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was looking at Hooker's fights, man. I'm like, dude, he just has this, he can just end the fight, like, at any time. Like, dude will just throw up a stepping knee and you'll just die. Like, and that's just going to be yeah, he's that so is casual what it is. about it. Like, you don't see it coming. He doesn't, like, yeah, like, yeah, really, you, it's really casual. You really don't see it coming. It's just, like, one minute y'all are trading or you just might be, like, circling around on the outside, and the next minute his knee is in your chin and you're you're gone. He just has this, like, instant, like, I'm going in the fight kind of power. And I was like, I don't know, man, he might get out, out of here. Um, (laughs) he might get Al out of here. I was like envisioning Al just gonna walk into something. But um, nah, man, great one of probably one of Hooker's better performances of his career. Um, Al just really couldn't get inside all that all that often. Um, and Hooker Hooker tore Al's leg to shreds with uh leg kicks. Had that man switching. (laughs) Had that man switching stances. For, like, the entire second half of the fight. Ironically,
1: At, that the, the from South Pole is where he had his most success.
0: Right. <laughs> like, he landed a couple of good uh, right hands. And that was the one thing about Hooker. um, The one chance I did give Aikunta is that I thought Hooker would be susceptible to an overhand right because he keeps his hands low. And I was like, man, I could see Aikunta just kind of rushing in. He might land a hard overhand right. And it might not knock Hooker out, but that could be like the beginning of the end. Like maybe he'll flurry him or something after that. I oh, like the one kind of opportunity I gave him. Um, but nah, man. Hooker, outside of the few moments that Al had, like I said, when he did switch southpaw, Hooker just killed Al with leg kicks. Um, fought behind his jab, I think, a lot better than he's done in some of his previous fights. And I'll give Al credit. Like, he was trying to mix it up. <laughs> He was going for takedowns because the stand up wasn't going too well and he could he couldn't do anything with Hooker. Yeah. Um shout outs to Al for yelling at the ref when uh he grabbed the single leg. And I think I don't know if he got his eye poked right before that and the ref was gonna stop, like to intervene and he was like, No <laughs> I got this single leg, bro, you gotta let me Yeah, let me work. You let me work. <laughs> yeah. Didn't amount to nothing, but I pre I appreciate <laughs> it. I,
1: appreciated I mean it amounted <laughs> to him getting mounted. Because yeah. Hooker immediately yeah. like got his hips down and just freaking flattened him out.
2: Yeah.
1: But uh, I I remember I I, well, I listened to the podcast and I remember the fight of the year we chose. Well, I chose anyway it was a, uh, Whitaker gas- uh, Whitaker Romero too.
0: Mm, I think I was the outlier. Yeah. That's why
1: Tate wanted to fight me in the cornfield. I get it. <laughs> but I get it. I mean. I feel like last year was light on options. This year, like, we have, like, three really solid options. And one of them, again, involves Yolo
0: Romero. Right. (laughs) He's everywhere. He's everywhere. But, um...
1: Yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, Finish, finish. Sorry.
0: Yeah, no, Hooker, like, Al just... Al lost, like, every facet of this fight. Like, got battered on the feet with leg kicks. A, ate a jab. He got rocked with a um. I, think I was. I can't remember if that was right hook. Uh, I can't remember what round that uh Hooker dropped him. Um. But like he tries to mix it up. Tries to go to the ground. Normally ends with his head getting stuffed to the ground. I think he got his back taken one time. Got mounted like. And Al just could not get inside. Well, didn't really have like great footwork. Couldn't like weave his way in or feign his way in. Uh, Hooker really Hooker just pieced him up. Like, he really just pieced him up for three rounds. Good jab, good leg kick, um, great stellar takedown defense, just, he really just kind of shut Al down. By the third round, face Al faces all, like, busted open, and, like I said, Al had a few moments of success, uh, when he sw- was forced to switch to southpaw because his leg was just hanging on by a thread, but, like, outside of those few moments, man, Hooker really just kind of went to town on him, um. I was honestly surprised he didn't get a finish, but, you know, props to Al, dude. It's just tough for no reason. Um, no, Um Just great performance from Hooker, man. That was a really, really good performance from him.
1: Yeah, um... So I just realized with, um... Tumblr's, like, ban on all things related to sex, I can't type Dan Hooker's name in because nothing will come mm-hmm. up. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, no, um, the thing that really, like, heading into this fight that I thought about I was like, Dan Hooker is a fucking ridiculously huge, like, six foot 12 motherfucker at lightweight. And Ally Aquenta, for, like, all his, like, really sound boxing fundamentals, he's not a pressure fighter. And he's not an outside fighter. He's like, we're going to fight at a certain range. And whether that's, like, Against uh, like in the center of the cage and the end of the cage. It's always gonna be the same. he's like a boxer puncher Like like, um, like a Jose Aldo type hmm. Like where he's not like there's the, the there's no push and pull It is we're gonna exchange like at range, uh, not at range, but you know, what I mean like he, He's not trying to push you into the cage and he's not trying to get you to follow him. He's just trying to box with you um And my thought process was dan hooker is amazing at like keeping range and punishing people for trying to get inside so like i i, I was my my thought process was like okay how does a to win a fight with a guy who has like a four reach inch, a four inch reach advantage on him who who is good at the push and pull game and who probably hits a hell of a lot harder than he does and the answer is he doesn't. And he walks into a well. He tries to flurry himself in onto the into the inside, and proceeds to get lit up by counters every time he does it. In uh-huh. that range, he just get leg kicked to death because Hooker is a very good leg kicker. Um, and this is a great performance by Dan Hooker. Um, dude is he is so fun to watch because it's, it's like all the violence with him is really casual. There, there's no wind up. There is no like, like there's no urgency. But it's not like it's not like a a Pat Curran situation where like Pat Curran has no urgency, so he loses fights. It's like I'm going to, when I touch you, it's going to hurt. So like I I don't have to like stress about it. And it, it's not even like he's out here throwing punches at like 100, percent where he's like loading all the way into them. He's just like letting shit fly. And it's really cool to see. Um, and he's apparently a pretty damn good grappler. Like he's called the Hangman for a reason, I guess. Um, shouts to Alio Quintus, just freaking flat out toughness. Like he goes five rounds with Khabib Nurmagomedov. Uh, he's gone eight, like eight rounds with Kevin Lee. Um, shit, he, he went the full. With uh, Donald Cerrone, despite getting his ass beat for the vast majority of that fight, and he, may, he manages to see the bell here. Like that dude, dude is durable as shit. Probably not what you want to well, be known for, but
0: I mean, it has got him some wins. So, but yeah, against a guy like Hooker, you don't want to just be the durable guy who just. Gets... <laughs> That's not what you
1: want your bro. reputation to be, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not, uh, not, no, no bueno. No, no bueno. Um, I was thinking immediately after this fight, and obviously, uh, if didn't mention, uh, Hooker won unanimous decision, uh, really clear across the cards. Um, who would be next for Hooker? He, he called out Dustin Poirier, but Poirier posted on Twitter basically saying, like, nah, bro, I'm good. Um, he, he's
1: fighting <laughs> the Irishman.
0: Yeah. Um, so, uh,
1: um i'd love to see a fight between hooker and um oof i have to i have to recheck my lightweight rankings real quick um
0: uh you got ahead of hooker uh notable names islav makachev alexander hernandez Dubronc. i I
1: figure hooker's gonna be in the top 10 because al is at number six right
0: yeah, so then in the top 10, but a lot of these guys are tied up. So you can't do Tony, you can't do Poirier, you can't do Connor. Probably can't do Gaethje? Because didn't he say he wanted to take a break? Um,
1: I don't know. He might have, which wouldn't surprise me. He's earned it. But, um... Yeah. Know, those dudes are off the table. I'd like, um... I'd like the Felder fight. I'd like the, um... You know, Poirier. If McGregor doesn't come back or gets into more trouble, uh, like he's got to fight somebody. Um, Though I think Poirier would probably angle for somebody else. Um, Who's Kevin Lee fighting again?
0: Um, he's got Gillespie. Uh, The the
1: winner of one of those fights, the Bronx. Um. Yeah, like. uh, Anybody who's free, I guess, like, if we're being real, like, probably not Cerrone, because he's coming off a loss, or a couple losses, actually, um, and I think Gaethje's going to be angling for, like, a big fight after his recent run of just, like, three back-to-back-to-back first-round knockouts. Yeah. Um, but, like, for as much talent as there is, there's not a lot of these dudes who have, like, a whole bunch of momentum behind them, because they are just chewing each other out
0: Right, <laughs> yeah, I I say outside in inside the top uh, ten, cause I I don't think I don't think he'll get the Gechi fight. I think that's the only one in the top five that he could possibly get, but I don't think it'll happen. <coughs> um, I like the Felder fight. Um, and I'm gonna say the Du Bronx fight only because and I didn't mention it because we didn't do fight announcements, but uh, Du Bronx has a fight coming up with Jared Gordon. I can't remember which event. But probably the Brazil card, like, November. Yeah, 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 Sao Paulo. Um, I feel like Hooker and Bronx at this point, and this is assuming if DuBronx, uh beats Jared Gordon, uh, probably two guys who are due for huge fights. <laughs> and if they can't get a huge fight against a top five guy, then maybe they just need to fight each Yeah. One. Um, <laughs> like it's kind of getting to that point. Um, like if if Hooker can't, <clears throat> if, if Hooker doesn't. If there's no Hooker Felder, I want Hooker DuBronx. So these are two guys who deserve top fights, who you know can't really seem to to get them. And at this point, just let them scrap it out with each and other. And
1: I, I don't know what Pettis is doing next, um, but that's a that's a possibility, I guess, if he wants like a big name upon it.
0: Yeah, you could do that. Um, did um did Bronx fight Pettis? That was a fight, right? That's yeah, it happened at uh,
1: featherweight. Okay. And uh, Perez just, better uh, subbed him by Guillotine, I think.
0: Hmm. Uh, we'll see. There, there. I think there are some good options. Probably not the biggest names I think he wants, but I like the, I like the Felder and Bronx if Dubronx uh, wins his next fight. But we'll see. But not great. Great performance from Dan Hooker, man. Um, dude, dude is out here. Casually beating people up. Seems like a nice guy, but he'll like kill you. <laughs> like, dude will just flick his arm out, and you'll just like dive a, a right, and it's over. Um, but nah, great, great win for Dan Hooker. Moving on to heavyweight. Hmm. Sergey Spavak versus Tai Tuivasa. Tai
1: Tuivasa, man, like no type of. He got taken down, like, six times.
0: On six attempts. (laughs) This this fight was kind of... It was kind of hard to watch. Um, Hmm. Yeah, like, Tui Vasa started off great. He had a really hard leg kick to start the fight. Dropped Spavak. After that, I mean, he landed a couple good shots on the feet. He he caught Spavak up against the cage a couple times, but... Favok so just kept catching Tui Vasa's kick and just dumping him to the ground. And not only that, he caught his kick, dumped him to the ground. He gave him the judo throw like two times. <laughs> like, and then the, the last sequence right before he, um, I think he shot for a double, had his hands uh, clasped behind uh, Tui Vasa and just dumped him. And just proceeded to beat the crap out of him until he got the arm triangle choke. But um, Tui Lassa should have won this, I think. Like, on paper, I feel like like this should have... I ain't going to say it was a gimme fight, but...
1: This was a fight that he was supposed to win.
0: Yeah, they put you in front of your hometown against a guy that I'm pretty sure they thought you could beat. And I think most people would have thought, <clears> in general, if you would have <laughs> asked them, they would have thought you could beat.
1: And, you get taken down Six times in seven minutes, like, come on. I Are mean, that's yeah, like to... Ty- like, mm, yeah. excuse me. Uh, yeah, I, 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 don't. Like, I've never been super high on Tatoo Vasa, but even I thought he was better
0: than that. Yeah, and again, I got to give Pavot credit because he. He took the fight to where he knew he was better, and like he was just, he kept going to that well. Like he just kept getting takedowns over and over, and just he kept putting himself in the best, you know, situation to win. Went into a hostile crowd against a guy that everybody loves there. Like I said, this was definitely a mess, and I'm pretty sure everybody thought that Spavak was gonna lose, and he went in and was like, nah. Catch you with this judo throw. (laughs) Toss you on your head. Put you in a little brother headlock. I'm
1: gonna catch you with this judo Uh, throw four times.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah. And like I know Tui Vasa is only like 26, but I feel like we're not seeing like the improvements. Yeah. And it's it's starting to you're starting to hit that point now where you're kind of starting to worry like. I don't know if it's the gym I don't know what I don't know what's going on, but yeah if you can't beat spavak this uh mm, I don't know that's that's three in that's three in a row right three losses yeah yeah that's not uh not good, not good no bueno no bueno um yeah Good, good Spavak, man. I can't really take away from anything he did. Like you said, when you when you have a hundred percent takedown rate, like that's a fight you're probably gonna win. Um, and like I said, he mounted Tuivasa, busted his face open, elbowed him a couple of good times, landed some really good ground and pound, and then just sunk in that arm triangle choke choking Tuivasa was out cold. Um, I didn't think he's gonna get it because they were so close to the cage, but. Got it to work. Well,
1: it helps when Tuivasa is literally moving oh as far away from the cage as humanly possible in that situation. Like he's literally like trying to turn away from the cage and it's just like what are you like that's not how you get out of the submission. Like that's the thing that kills me. He really looked like he didn't have any idea what to do in that position. Like he knew what to do when Spivak went for the Scarfold, but I think that was just natural instinct. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that was like a trained response. He's like, Oh, his back is open, I'll try going that way.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh. Uh. yeah. Uh. disappointed performance from Tweasa. Surprising, but um you know whatever from uh Spivak. Yeah. It's, maybe maybe yeah. next time don't go for the scarfolds. Just 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 try to engage on the ground. Cause he got up like five times.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, whatever you do, that ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> that that uh that ain't it. But it is what it is. Sergei Sergei Surge- went in there, handled business. Got the uh. Arm triangle choke in the second round, so congrats to him Moving on to a fight that we won't really spend too much time on because you didn't watch it and I watched it But I don't really have any feelings towards it But we'll give it a mention because we got to give props where props are due. Uh, At welterweight Diego Lima uh, defeated Luke Jamo via split decision um It was basically a kickboxing match. Lima did land a lot of good leg kicks, but just not really a whole lot happened in this fight. Like, really good leg kicks from Lima. Um, He won a kickboxing match, but it just wasn't... There's nothing to sit here and really, like, break down, to be honest. It was kind of one of those fights. Um, I don't even think it should have been a split decision, but the right person won, so cool, Um, I guess. So congrats to Diego Lima. He got the split decision win over Luke Jamoa. And rounding out the main card, heavyweights back at it, man. Jorgen DeCastro, who got signed off the Contender Series uh, versus Justin Taffa. Uh Yikes. It's um, <laughs> just yikes. Uh, you know, we're going to throw hands. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of clinch work. And, uh, yeah, Taffa tried to rush in with a blitz. Caught a left hand, body slumped over. Soul departed. That was it. <laughs> I, I don't really got much of a, uh, No, I will say actually. Um, I will say. Um, I like the the let the the body kick that the uses. I really like that. Um, he landed that a couple good times. I I like that kick. Um, he, I think he did that a few times in his uh, cause I, I did watch him in the contender series. Uh, cause I remember his story. So. He's a guy, like, uh, I feel like you, like, you root for, like, you want to see him do well. He he has the whole, um, you know, fighting from a family, just, everything's about the family. Like, I'm just really just trying to get our lives into a better place.
1: Right. Um,
0: yeah. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy he got the win. Uh, he's, like, first. 40
1: years old already. Right. Well, well he's hey, 31. Man. Why
0: did I think he was 40? Was he the... He looked 40. Cool. Oh, he got a performance of the night. Oh, you know, hey. I'm
1: confusing it for the dude who won tough, um, the last tough heavyweight season. <laughs>
0: I was gonna say he looks older. Yeah, but nah, man, c- congrats yeah. to him though, man. That's a good. Props him. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: That the 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 Justin Tafa like punch that ended up with him getting knocked out is the exact same punch that um Taito Iwasa threw against JDS. G- yes that big leaping in overhand right with no regard for where he is in the cage and no regard for his opponent's um potential counters mm. yeah keep your punches tight people there's a the time and a place to throw the big loop and shit, but when you're like five feet away from your opponent that probably isn't it yeah that
0: is not it no bueno, no bueno. But- Good on DeCastro, UFC debut, you're on the main card, on the pay-per-view, and you kill a man. And you opened up the card. You set the tone. It's really really funny
1: I think about it, because that's also how freaking what's his name, was, Robert Whitaker.
0: Hey, man, you leap in, you get slept. Mm. (laughs) You gotta set them punches up, man. You can't be just leaping in, thinking it's gonna be sweet. End up looking at the ceiling.
1: Asking how the uh, fight went. We're it the thirds. right?
0: Right. <laughs> like, yo, did we make the walk yet? Why oh, i on the ground? <laughs> Were we just doing stretches? <laughs> yeah, no, nah, you you got you got flatlined, buddy. Yeah, you didn't make it. But uh, that was the main card. It was a really good. It was a pretty good main card. Like uh, Lima and Jamo. Yeah, yeah. Everything else though, I, I was for it, man. Like the Castro set off the tone of the card with a nasty KO. Uh, you know, Tui Vassa got upset, but I can't hate on what Spavak did. Uh, I like the arm triangle choke finish. Hooker had one of his best career performances, and Adesanya just was in the Matrix. Like, that that was just the story of the night, and probably going to be like one of the stories of the year, um, that performance. So, I, I really enjoyed this main card. It turned out a lot better than what I thought it would be just looking at it on paper, um, yeah go back and watch the main card if you get a chance um so i guess th- we'll skate through some of these prelims because i know you didn't get a chance to see all of them um I, I saw pretty much all of them but to be honest some of them i don't remember in a bunch of detail and they're prob- probably not worth like a lot of technical breakdowns and so on and so forth but espn2 portion of the card which is the preliminary fights uh, headlining the prelims, <clears throat> excuse me, was uh, Jake Matthews uh, versus the hairiest man on the planet, uh, Rostam Akhman. Wait, are you talking about sweater?
1: Uh, what, a sweater man for yeah. this card, and I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh yeah. my god.
0: Yeah, he was. He, he ain't do nothing. He <laughs> ain't do nothing last time <laughs> he, before either. He sat there with a sweater. <laughs> that's that's kind of all he did. I I ain't gonna lie, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I missed this fight um, initially because I had to take my little brother to his homecoming dance. So, um, I missed the fight. And I watched it this morning, and I got to the midpoint of, like, the second round. and I was like, you know what? Just cut this off. It wasn't... It wasn't doing nothing for me. Um, I didn't watch it. You. I don't think we missed much, to be honest. And anybody can correct us if we're wrong. I don't think... Uh, our life would have been any different had we watched Jake Matthews versus Rasta Machman. no disrespect to either but it wasn't one of those kind of fights but Jake Matthews got the unanimous decision uh, and Sweaterman uh, he took the L uh, next fight which to be honest I watched and I don't remember at all at welterweight uh, Callum Potter uh, versus Maki Patolo I think this was Potter's first win in the UFC I want to say uh so congrats to that. Uh he got the unanimous decision win, but I can't tell you how the fight went. Cause I didn't Same. Roll. There we go. Keep on rolling. <laughs> Moving down at lightweight. A fight I was looking forward to. This is one of the few fights on the prelims that I had circled. Uh Brad Riddell versus Jamie malarkey Um Brad Riddell is a former kickboxer. Um he holds wins over John Wayne Parr. Um I researched him a little bit before this card. And I'm always just interested to see how, like, kickboxers do when they transition to MMA. Um, he had prior MMA experience to this uh, fight, but I hadn't watched any of his MMA fights, so I didn't really know. I wasn't sure what I was getting into. Just, I knew from the, the kickboxing highlights I saw that dude was a pretty good striker. So I just wanted to see how his skills would translate. And he's he's pretty solid. Um, This was a really violent fight. Um, Like by the third round, bruh, this fight escalated to like <laughs> this fight escalated to like catastrophic proportions. Uh um for one, Brad Rid uh is a really he's a pretty sturdy lightweight. Like dude's upper body frame is ridiculous. Um he he is a very sizable lightweight. Um really good in the pocket. You can tell he's pretty comfortable uh on the feet with throwing combinations. Um, but really had a pretty decent overall MMA game. Like, there were a couple times where he did get taken down. Um, he had some pretty good scrambles to get himself out of situations. Um, and there were times where he did, like, get completely put on his back and still found ways to, you know, get up, get to a scramble, and, and find his way back to his feet. So that was good to see. I think anytime you watch a kickboxer come into MMA, that's a skill you want to see them have. You don't want to see them get put on their back and they just kind of look completely lost. So it, it looked like he's definitely, you know, He's definitely fully entrenched into MMA. He's not just trying to stand up. He's working on all parts of his game. So that was good to see. Um, Boy, can Malarkey take a hit. He caught so many flush shots in this fight, and dude just refused to go away. Um, But I'll be honest, um, as fun as this fight was to watch, and I was enjoying it, um, there were moments, I think, in the third round where, like, I love violence. We all we watch the sport. Of course, we love violence. No other... Why else are we watching? <laughs> like... But... It it did get kind of uncomfortable in the third where, like, they were having these exchanges and, um... Albeit, I think Malarkey did rock Riddell once when I think Riddell got a little too full of himself. Uh, got caught with a good one and almost got, uh... He almost got put out of there. I think, uh, Riddell at one point took his back. Once he almost choked him out, but, um... Riddell was dropping bombs on Malarkey, and as tough as Malarkey was, he was just kind of out there on fumes, and I think they probably could have stopped the fight, like, he was just kind of out there, just, (laughs) he was alive, but I don't think he was alive, like, he was just getting hit, and he was bloodied, and his cauliflower ear was literally about to just burst open, like, it was swollen to the max, it looked really nasty. They probably could have stopped the fight in the third, Um, but they went on to finish, and my favorite moment of this fight that just symbolizes (laughs) little things I love about combat sports, the very last like two seconds of the fight where both dudes are just extra tired, falling all over each other, they're both on the ground, on their knees, and you think they're just about to stare at each other because the fight's about to be over? And Riddell just throws this right hook while they're both on their knees and just punches them one last time. <laughs> and Mallard, he just kind of eats it. Like, he just kind of sits there, like, yeah, hey, whatever. Um, that made me laugh. That was, that was a funny, that was a really subtle, like, funny moment. But, um... Because, like, he didn't need to throw that punch. Like, he <laughs> he really didn't need to. And he's like, I'm gonna get you with this one last one. But, um... Uh, no, that that was awesome, but... Good 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 performance on Brad Riddell. Way to make a a debut. Um that's the kind of fight that people will be looking forward to your next one. They'll they'll wanna see you throw leather like that again. So congrats to Brad Riddell. Um also a part of um good good night for City Kickboxing, man. Um he's a part of that team with Adasanya Hooker. So they all really put on a night. They all put on, uh, for this pay per view. But shout out to Jamie Melarkin, man, dude is just that's some next level toughness, he probably should have died like three times and was just zombied his way through the fight. But uh, congrats to Brad Riddell, got the win via unanimous decision. Uh, moving on to women's featherweight, uh, Megan Anderson versus Zara Farn Dos Santos. Did you get a chance to see this one? Uh, yes, this is what were your, your thoughts on that? Um,
1: this? Zara Farn, um, but like I, I'm not gonna say pretend I watched every single one of our fights, but. Good God, that was worse than anything I've seen from her before. And it's not the it's not the way it's not that she lost in like four minutes and got submitted by Megan Anderson, who has been out wrestled by basically everybody she's ever fought. Um, is that like there were positions she were she was in where it felt like she didn't know what she was doing. Like Megan Anderson got to her back in the first uh along the cage and. Like okay, she, instead of like reaching back to grab a whizzer, she just like grabs the top co- top of Megan Anderson's like head, and tries to
0: start throwing punches. Right.
1: <laughs> you yeah, didn't try to fight the hands, didn't try to like, build a bit. Ba- like just started, grabbed the head and started doing like the b- whole bully throwing punches routine. It's really bizarre. Um, like same thing when they got on the ground, where like she just kind of gave her the choke. Um, but props to Megan Anderson. Like she got to win finally in the UFC. Um, not a whole bunch to talk about beyond that. Like I I don't know where they're going with this division if they don't bring in more women. And I it's been a minute since I've heard about them signing anybody. Um, I I I I don't know. Like, is Pam Soros going to be in the UFC soon? Or is, um... What's her name? Like, are they bringing in Leslie Smith? Well, no, Leslie Smith, uh, not, uh it's in nah. Bellator, but... I confused her with Caitlin Young, my bad. Like, are they gonna bring in Caitlin Young? Um, are they gonna bring... Are they, are, like, I guess there's Leah Ludson. But, like, most of these other women are tied up in Bellator right now. And... Bamalar Maleki is in like the one woman, one of the few women they signed for this division. I think she fought at like bantamweight, didn't she? Yeah, she fought at bantamweight her debut. So like even she didn't want to stick around at one forty five. So I I I'm curious as to what they're gonna do moving forward. Yeah,
0: that that division is uh lacking. Question mark. <laughs> Question mark, asterisk, unknown, like, <laughs> yeah, a lot, yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, if they, if they ever want to get it right, just tell them to call me and, you
0: know, I, I'll work for money. Nothing, man, we've, we've been giving them free game for as long Dude, as we've been doing this I podcast. swear to God,
1: when fucking Joe Silva was around, he was reading my blog. I, I, I know this for a fact.
0: <laughs> hey, man, pay up. Pay off for these services that you guys uh, have been stealing. Exactly. So you're your ghostwriting ghost cards. Oh God. Mm. Mm. Ghost writing cards. Well, congrats to Megan Anderson. I was happy she did get a win. Um. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really have much else to to add, but no, I'm I'm happy she did get a win and in front of her uh, her home crowd. So uh, shout out to Megan Anderson with the uh, triangle choke in round one, and then the UFC Fight Pass prelims. Uh, we had Ji Young Kim versus Nadia Kasim. Uh, karma is a real thing, people. Don't try to go for the hand, the, the 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 hand touch in the beginning, and then try to cheap shot your way into an attack. Cause uh, Nadia tried that and got. <laughs> She almost lost the whole fight off that one sequence. Tried to do the hand touch. Then immediately, like, I think she went for, like, a leg. um, Like, I I forgot what she did.
1: Hand touch, and then she tried to throw a kick, and then she immediately got knocked the fuck down.
0: Right. (laughs) Caught caught a nasty counter. Almost got face planted out here. Um, I don't have a lot in terms of technical breakdown of this fight to say other than I, I did really enjoy the finish I love body work and that those body shots that young Kim uh ended the fight with were nasty um so congrats to her that was a really good she she really uh was on one that second round um so really really good finish for her even though she did uh miss weight but I just remember just looking at Nadia like <sighs> like <laughs> I just, I don't, uh, I don't see it, man, I don't see it, like, there's something there, but like, mm -mm. mm-mm, mm-mm, I don't know, I I just didn't, I don't like saying this, but I I didn't think she was good, like, there were moments where she would go for the, the, like, that spinning back fist, and she was like eight feet out. And it's like, bro, what are you. What are you doing? Right. Like, also, what, what that is... ref
1: who fucking stopped the fight so that he could give the, oh. the mouthpiece back while, while Kim's like in the middle of a combination. Like, what the hell?
0: Bro, she was in the middle of a three piece. Like, <laughs> that fight was probably about to be over. Like, she was lighting Nadia up. And you worried about a mouthpiece. You didn't even wait for a good time. Like, literally in the middle of the three piece. Yeah, that was that was terrible that was terrible but yeah i just remember looking at nadia fight like Dude, you just i don't think you're like a ufc caliber like well, you gotta go back to the she has to
1: she to should region. be an Invicta.
0: yeah yeah you need you need an Invicta or like an lfa like you you can't you're not ready for like, this she, like it's where
1: like i think she's got like a great frame for mma like she's tall as shit for like when she was fighting at strawweight. I don't know if she's still at straw. Was this fight at strawweight or was that flyweight? Not so, yeah,
0: flyweight. like but well, would have it would have been flyweight. Yeah,
1: like she missed weight in her UFC debut against Alex Chambers, um, by like five pounds. So they moved her up to flyweight. Um, like I think she'd be like none of her opponents pre-UFC had wins on the record, like at all. Like they were like zero and ten. Yeah. I I think she just got signed because she was local and they needed an opponent um, for Alex Chambers. But, like, her team is, like, really bad. Like, Australian top team is not a good team. (laughs) Um, Not not to put all of it on them, but, like, if you're a super inexperienced uh, fighter and, like, you have, like, no experience against good or even like mediocre opponents and you're in the UFC like you at least want your gym to be like good you know what I mean they're getting right. like top flight training um but yeah no this, she 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 was not ready for this
0: fight like at all but uh props to young Kim uh, lots of hands. Dude,
1: like, one thing they mentioned on the broadcast, um, was that, uh, Kim was, like, really calm and stuff, and it's just, like, dude, she's, like, Korean. Like, if you think Japan, ba- like, baptizes their, like, fighters by, like, fire, Korea's fucking wild. Like, <laughs> her first, like, would... Kim was zero and zero. Her first her first pro MMA fight was against Shizuka Sugiyama, who was ten and three, and if I'm remembering right, had fought for like the Jewels title. Or was she the champion? I don't even remember. Like, point being, like, this is not somebody you want to be fighting in their debut. Like. Hold on, uh... Where is her name? Kim, Kim, Kim. Yeah, like, someone who has, like... Uh, like, 13 professional fights to your zero. Not what you want. And her second fight wasn't any better, because she fought uh, Takayohashi, who is also a veteran of the scene, and, like, a former champion. Like... I, I don't, I don't get it. Like the pre, in her previous fight before that one, she fought. Oh wait, no, she fought Roxanne Mataferi, Uh um Hashi, and she also fought Bob Hachek for the flyaway title. i mean, Invicto. Like, it, it didn't get like she eventually like in her seventh fight she fought Jin Tang and beat her thankfully, but Jin Tang is like. A Chinese journey woman who has like 40 fights on her resume and It's like 21 8 and 2 or something And we don't really know what the rest of her resume is because like she just fights like every couple weeks in like random promotions over China So finding like her her actual records like really hard But like Like she she's super calm under duress is my point I that's one of the things you're going to get with these, like, Korean fighters, like, they are all, like, they all have similar backstories of, like, oh, yeah, no, I fought a dude with, like, 30 pro fights,
0: um, in my second pro fight. She had that gay guard face. <laughs> she was landing three pieces, but the look on her face was like, you know, I probably something better I could be doing right now, <laughs> but, hey, man, hey. Nah, she, she put, she put hands It's important
1: head. to get these finishes when they're when they show up when you're in the women's division because they don't show up that often. Mm-hmm. And like she gave what's her face, um, and to uh and to Nina Shevchenko like a tough ass fight. Hmm. She, she'll okay. build a name for herself yet.
0: Keep that body work up. Keep them three pieces going. Hopefully the next referee doesn't interrupt uh what she got going on. But she got the finish nonetheless. So Ji Young Kim uh won via TKO second round. And the last fight on the card, uh Kali Taha versus Bruno Silva. I watched this fight and I like remember enjoying it, but I don't remember like what happened. It was the very, very first fight on the card. I don't know, do you remember this one? Um
1: the Silva fight. Yeah. I remember Silva kicking um Taha twice in the in the nuts. In yeah, the first, the like, three <laughs> yeah. minutes of the fight. And then I was like, yeah, that's definitely a dude who trains with Henry Cejudo. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was the thing. that. But uh, I remember him
1: getting beat up on the feet before just getting big brothers on the ground <laughs> and submitted in the third or something.
0: Yeah, got a arm triangle chokes in the third. Yeah, I remember, like, Kyle uh, uh, looked really solid. I just don't remember. Like, it was a good fight. I just don't remember it in... Detail because it was the very, very first fight. On right. my car. Uh, I didn't get a chance to
1: rewatch uh, that one. what I remember thinking is like Tyler reminds me of like, a bunch of these like big, strong, like flat, fast switch, like big muscle guys, and that he throws like a lot of big punches without setup. And that worked for someone like Bruno Silva, who's obviously not very comfortable striking. But um, like, there was a lot of circling on the outside, uh, like that, that went nowhere. Hmm.
2: Um,
1: that, that was basically just I don't want to exchange with you right now. Um, I, I have to like. I, I'm not comfortable doing that, um, and it it works against the, the the Silvas of the division, and and when you land because you're a big, strong, fast dude. But like, I'm kind of curious what happens when people make a miss.
0: Yeah, could be uh, eh. But like we said, <laughs> in the everything goes back to Whitaker and There's certain people you can get away with. Yeah, game. like what. So you run into the wrong like, guy.
1: It reminds me a little bit of Ulrich Latifi. Like, all those guys remind me of Ulrich Latifi, to be honest with you. Why
0: did Vulcan beat him up so
1: bad? Vulcan isn't actually a good... <laughs>
0: Vulcan Buzumir is actually a good boxer. Why did Vulcan punch that man's face off? He,
1: he beat him up to heavyweight.
0: God. That was... Yikes. But that was UFC 243. Um, it was a pretty solid night. Like, on paper, outside of the main event and the co-main event and literally a handful of other fights, I was really the kind of, eh, on this card. Just considering it was a pay-per-view. Had this been a fight night, I think I'd have been cool with it. Before a pay-per-view, um, I expected, like, a little bit more on paper. But yeah. in terms of just what actually happened... Um, it was a pretty solid card. Not not the best card.
1: Um, it was a two fight card. Dang. They the UFC yeah. sold out the entire venue off the strength of Adesanya Whitaker and then was like, fuck it.
0: Right. We <laughs> just throw these other guys other guys on there. But I mean, like, with that being said, we still got some good we got some good performances. Like her guy Quinta was awesome. You know, Jorgen DeCastro has a, a a kill shot. Uh, you know. Well, the crowd probably didn't appreciate Spavak and talk to Ivasa, but, you know, it happened. Uh, Brad Riddell gave, like, one of the most violent fights. Uh, uh, well, according to Wiki, he got fighted. That did get the tonight, so congrats to both of them. 50 G's richer. Um, but, like, th- there were some solid moments on the card. It wasn't the—it it was like a—I'm trying to think of a rating. It was—it B- passed. It passed. It passed. That, that's fair. It passed. It passed. Add a Sonia Whitaker and Hooker, I kinda took it over the hill, um, but yeah, it was it was a passing card. It was cool, so at least go back and watch the main card. Um, maybe probably skip the Lima Jamo fight and place of Lima Jamo. Uh, watch the Brad Riddell and Jamie Mularkey fight, and I think you'll get you'll you'll have a good time. You'll have a good time. So that was UFC 243. Um, pretty pretty solid weekend of fights between 43. Uh, Golovkin, uh, in his fight, and the Bellator card. It was a pretty solid night. So, if you got the zone, you can go back and watch, go back and watch Bellator. And well, ask, uh, it's
1: also on uh, the Bellator website and app.
0: There you go. Yep. So, you got, you got options if you don't have the zone. Um, so you can go back and watch it there, and, you know, alternative methods, however you want to watch, uh, this UFC card. Do what you gotta do. I'll look the other way. But, oh man, so, solid weekend of fights. Some pretty, uh, Pretty good happening. So uh that's all we got in terms of the fight for this weekend coming up next week. Uh I think we got a decent amount of scraps going on. Um, on the UFC front, uh we'll have UFC Tampa going down headlined by Joanna Young J Check, and Michelle Waterson. Um it's a it's a good card, but it's very weirdly sequenced. Um
1: all,
0: so we got all Ioana, the best
1: fights from the early prelims.
0: Yes, so if you want to get the, the the bulk of this card, you got to be here early. You got to catch the prelims because that's where all the smoke is finna happen. Um, but you got Ioanni Check, obviously, against Michelle Watterson. Uh, Cub Swanson, who's apparently getting kicked out of Gracie Jims because he's fighting Cron Gracie. I just saw that headline the other day. That's the thing. Uh, but Cub Swanson versus Cron, Cron Gracie, co main event. Uh, Mackenzie Derns on the card against Amanda Rebus. Got Luis Pena versus Matt Favola. Eric Anders versus Gerald Mearshart. James Vick versus Nico Price. And this is the part where most of the good fights I'm listing are on the prelims. <laughs> Max Griffin versus Alex Morono. Davison Figueroa versus Tim Elliott. Uh the dude, JJ Aldridge versus uh Lauren Mueller, uh Cheeto Vera versus Andre. How is that on a What is going on with this card? Marlon Vere versus Andre Yule is on like a prelim prelim like a, it's the
1: it's the like, first fight on the card apparently.
0: Bruh, that is crazy. That does not make any sense. So, like we said, this car it's a good card guys, but get here early. The main the main card will probably not be anywhere near as good as the prelims are, at least on paper. Um so that's going down on the 12th. Uh we'll have some Bellator action also on the 12th, uh, this is Bellator 230. Um, I don't know, I'm i just looking at this card for the first time, so I don't even know what I'm getting into. But apparently the main event is Melvin Manho versus Yannick Bahati. Also have uh, Rafael Carvajal versus Vadim Nemkov. Lord, Alessio Sakara is on this card. You know what, after that, it kind of... You know what, guys? I mean, you can watch it. I'm not. <laughs> watch at your own discretion. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um but you do have Bellator next week. Um and shout out to PFL. PFL is back uh next week on October the eleventh. We'll have Kayla Harrison versus Jenna Fabian, uh Sarah Kaufman versus Larissa Pacheco uh John Howard versus David Mashad, uh Magomed Magamed versus Chris Curtis, uh versus Ray Cooper the third uh, Glacio Franco versus Andre fajajo and shout out to Breg Lugney, uh, I probably said that wrong, uh, the gentleman who should have got signed to the UFC, but Dana frowns on takedowns in the last three minutes, uh, he's making his PFA de- uh, debut against Matt, uh, Waggy, Waggy, I don't know how to say that, W-A-G-Y, however that's pronounced, um, but yeah, so that, that's actually a really good PFL card, like, that's a, that's a pretty solid lineup, so, uh, there'll be a lot going on next week, any um any boxing going on? Um oh yeah yeah, yeah. we yes.
1: mentioned it. Earlier. Tyrone Sp- uh, Tyrone Spong versus U- Alexander Usyk heavyweight fight, which is hilarious because Spong is a well he was he was a cruiserweight as a freaking I mean he fought heavyweight in kickboxing but he, his career was basically cruiserweight. Um so Usyk probably could have got a better opponent to get him to get him used to heavyweight punching, but whatever it's all good. That should be fun. Um. On that same card, Jessica McCasco will fight uh Erica Farias. Um uh Mariana Juarez is fighting that week uh, next weekend. And Dimitri Bivol will be fighting um next weekend. So, you know there, there's stuff. There's always stuff. Always. Oh wait. Is there a No, there's not. Okay. Never mind. I thought it was like a gory card. I just remembered that you have not an announced Corey. So, oh, they did. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, that's so the weekend after. Never mind. For two weeks, right. end of the month. Whatever.
0: All righty. Um, well, actually, you know what? I'll say this before we get into uh, parting shots and shout-outs. Um, just to let the listeners know, um, I will be taking a little break because I have a vacation from work coming up on the week of the Weidman Reyes fight. Actually, my vacation starts the day after that fight. Um, my plans as of now, and this is subject to change, but um, I want to enjoy my break, um, but I do like the Weidman Reyes card uh, on paper, so and I really like that main event. I'm really interested to see how it turns out, and I kind of want to cover it. Um, and uh, I like a lot of uh, some other fights on that card. Tanner Bosser. I see him now. <laughs> but um Between the week of the eighteenth going into November, um one of these cards, maybe even two, I don't know. I just see how I feel. Um I wanna enjoy my break, so after next week there's a potential after the twelfth that we may not have an episode either for the next week or the next two. Um, either Wyman Men or Reyes or asking and Maya. One of those cards, or maybe both, may get skipped. I'm not sure. Cause I'm gonna be on vacation and I have a lot of stuff I plan on working on, so um You might not hear from us possibly for that two weeks, but I'm definitely will be back on uh for UFC two forty four, Masvidal versus Diaz. I can't not talk about that card. Um uh even though I'll still be on vacation. I'm I'm watching that. I'm I'm probably spending money on that. So Um, So we'll we'll definitely be back for that one if nothing else. But there may sorry,
1: there is a gory card next week.
0: Who's who's uh? It will be.
1: It is a lightweight title fight. uh, Gregorian versus um Bestati. I think it was. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Dusseldorf.
0: might be why I've seen a couple of Gregorian highlights popping up on the uh, Glories page, but um, yeah, just be aware between the days of the 18th going into November, if you don't get an episode from us, it's because I'm on vacation chilling, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, pretty much that'll be the reason. Um, but if nothing else, if you don't hear from us for those two weeks, we will definitely be back for UFC 244, uh, Masvidal vs Diaz. That will be a must uh, must cover event. Um, but that's all we got for today. So I guess we can go ahead and move into, uh, parting shots and shout outs, which I don't know if I, <laughs> shout outs to Snoop Dogg going to the University of Kansas at the basketball game, bringing strippers to the, to his halftime performance and the college, I guess, acting like they didn't know what was going on and then had to issue an apology afterward. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was the thing that happened. Just Snoop. They knew what was going on. Somebody, somebody, somebody had to clear off on that. And I think like when it was actually happening, they were like, "Oh man, we can't do this." But it was too late. Snoop was already there. The stripper pole was already there. The stripper was there. the Show must go on. Just Snoop though. Um, yeah, I think that's all. I think that's all I got. I don't, I don't really have much.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't think I have shout-outs. I don't think I have shots. Uh shout out to um um I, I don't know. the people who put aglets on shoes. There we go. The the, little, the aglets on the shoes, the little tips of the shoelaces just to them.
0: No. Oh. <laughs> There you go. Your services are much. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, shouts to. Um, I don't know. Uh, no, it's just the one. It's just the one this week. Nobody else has been good. Everybody else sucks. Oh.
0: There you go. to you need to do better. Yeah, do better. you fucks. Do better. We told you last. Told you last episode. We're like your uh, disgruntled uncles. we never. We're, um, we're never happy with you. Yeah, never happy with it. You Nothing
1: you life. do will ever be good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Either do better or stop trying.
0: There you go. There you go. Step your game up, sir or ma'am, whoever you are. You Step it up out there. Do better in life. Be
1: sure to stick around for our interview with Israel Adesanya, please.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah it's coming. It's, it's right
1: after. Um, it's
0: right after we yeah, close. It, it's, 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 it's It's there, I promise. It's, yeah some poor kid is going to scroll like forward to the end and he's just going to hear like the episode fade out what the hell mom
1: <laughs> and then we get sued
0: yes, it is what it is I'll find a lawyer right. <laughs> but uh, that's all we got for today's episode man so as always you can give this podcast a listen SoundCloud, uh, youtube apple podcast our Heart radio spotify google play send questions to dojo talk podcast at yahoo.com hit us up on social media at the dojo talk podcast facebook page as well as the instagram page follow me on twitter and twitch at serial sensei where can they follow you on twitter also? you can follow me at gc
1: zeus which is a terrible go. handle but it's mine
0: and <laughs> you can't do nothing about it follow the antico on twitter and uh buy my book the alba chronicles 99 cents digital 899 physical copy that's all we got for today's episode so as always anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face we will be there to talk about it and until next time we will catch you guys later